Blog Talk Radio. Let's first take a look at the ratification of the amendment, because this is a matter of controversy that um, got me into a lot of trouble for raising it in uh, the Reconstruction chapter of my, my American History book. But I'm only repeating a, a totally mainstream interpretation. I found it hilarious. People never even heard of this before. The argument that the 14th Amendment was not constitutionally ratified. I mean, this, the old National Review used to just take this for granted. I mean, old, you know, old conservative publications, libertarians, all, all understood this. Uh, in the 1950s, U.S. News and World Report published an editorial saying, of course, we all know the 14th Amendment wasn't legitimately ratified. I mean, this was just sort of common knowledge. Now I say it today, and I get like Max Boot saying, oh my gosh, where did Woods get this crazy idea? Like I just invented it. Sort of funny. Well, let's look at, at what is the claim being made here. There are a few factors to take note of when we look at the ratification of the 14th Amendment. First, we have the fact that uh, to, the, the amendment was proposed in Congress and two-thirds of, of, of the people present voted to, uh, to, to approve the amendment. And then it gets, then it gets passed, and it gets uh, sent out to the states, and then three-quarters of the states have to ratify the amendment for it to uh, take effect. Well, one thing we can note about the passage of the 14th Amendment is that it was not, shall we say, entirely without blemish. At the time that the amendment was uh, set to be voted on and, and discussed, John P. Stockton was a newly elected senator from New Jersey, and he was known to be an opponent of the 14th Amendment. And he took his seat, duly took his seat in the U.S. Senate at the beginning of the 39th Congress. Well, informal canvassing of, of uh, senators made quite clear that there was no two-thirds majority in favor of the amendment at that time. Uh, in fact, it turned out that the amendment would have been one vote short of passage. So, a motion was introduced uh, not to seat John Stockton. But he's already been seated. This is the problem. He's already been seated. So you can't really vote not to seat somebody who has been seated. If he's been seated you're supposed, and you want to get rid of him for one reason or another, you have to vote to expel him. But expulsion requires uh, a two-thirds vote. They didn't have a two-thirds vote to expel him. So they voted not to seat somebody who had already been seated. Okay? I mean, it's sort of like, you know, how can something be both A and not A at the same time and in the same manner? So they voted not to seat this man who had already been seated. Uh, and then they went ahead and voted uh, to approve the 14th Amendment. Now that's, you know, it's really not legal. It's right, not, not a proper procedure. But that's, that's actually the least of the problems associated with the amendment. Then it goes out to the states. Now Tennessee ratifies the amendment. But here's how Tennessee ratified the amendment. The problem that was occurring in Tennessee was that opponents of the amendment were refusing to show up at the state house uh, and thereby preventing a quorum. Okay, I mean, you have to have a certain minimum number of people present in order to conduct business. Well, opponents of the amendment thought one way to prevent its ratification is just not to show up, and then they wouldn't have a quorum. Well, in order to get a quorum, uh, two of the anti-amendment Tennessee legislators were actually kidnapped and forcibly brought to the state house and, and declared to be present so that the vote could take place. Now, there are some sticklers, you know, who think that kidnapping is immoral, uh, you know, who, who would throw you know, some doubt on this, the legality of this. 
And the thing is that when the, when the, the House Speaker called the roll, well, these two uh, representatives refused to answer. They refused to, to, to say they were present because in their minds, they weren't, you know, spiritually, they weren't present. They were only there uh, uh, you know, under duress, I mean, really by force. So they refused to answer the roll, but nevertheless, they were declared present so that the, the, the amendment could be ratified. In Oregon, there was a, a situation that was at least as irregular as that one. In Oregon, you had a case where the legislature of Oregon voted on the amendment, and they voted to approve the amendment. But then it was discovered that two of the Republicans who had been elected in Oregon had actually not been legally elected. When they actually looked again at the votes, it turned out that Democrats had been elected in those two seats. So two Republicans were removed and replaced by two duly elected Democrats. So some people thought, well, we should re-vote on, on the amendment now that we have the legitimately elected people present. This time they voted not to approve the amendment. But they were told by the federal government, sorry, we take your first answer. Okay. New Jersey. Now, New Jersey and Ohio, the irregularities there, are it's not quite so clear-cut. I mean, obviously in Oregon, there's no, that's, that's, uh, there's no excuse for that. And in Tennessee, there's obviously no excusing that. New Jersey and Ohio is not quite so clear-cut, but arguably there's at least some kind of irregularity here. Because both of these states rescinded their ratifications. And they rescinded them, though, before the amendment went into effect. It was still being voted on by other states. I mean, you could argue that if the amendment has already gone into effect and then you vote to rescind your ratification, it is probably too late. But arguably, they may at least have had some right to, to withdraw. But they were told once again, sorry, we take your first answer. And New Jersey in particular, at the time that they attempted to withdraw their ratification, they actually announced, they said that we, have a, we are fearful that this amendment has been worded ambiguously with deliberate intent so that in the future it can be used to deprive us of our liberties. Very interesting. Well, the most fundamental reason, though, that there was an illegality involved here is that here you had the southern states, which they, they ratified the 13th Amendment in 1865, abolishing slavery. No one had any problem with them then. 1867 rolls along, the radical Republicans in Congress, who are the wing of the Republican Party who favor you know, a very harsh settlement with the South, now that they're in power, in 1867, they declare, the, the uh, other than Tennessee, they like Tennessee because Tennessee ratified the 14th Amendment, but other than Tennessee, the other former states of the Confederacy, the other 10 states, were declared in 1867 to be illegal, without legal governments. And they're going to be militarily occupied, they're going to be divided into five military districts, they're going to be deprived of self-government, they're going to have, in effect, martial, military courts open. Uh, so that was all declared in 1867. That was said about the southern states. But at the same time, these same states were told, you have to ratify an amendment to the Constitution. Now they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. Because either they're legal states or they're not. If they are legal states, then you shouldn't be occupying them with the military. Uh, if they're not legal states, then you can't ask them to ratify an amendment to the Constitution because they're not legal states. I mean, you may as well ask France to ratify an amendment to the U.S. Constitution. It would be perfectly irrelevant. So in other words, you're depriving them of all the privileges of statehood, but nevertheless, you're going to impose on them one of the burdens of statehood. You're going to actually demand that they ratify an amendment to the Constitution when you yourself have just said they're not even legal. The states, as constituted in the South, are not legal. So it's been argued that therefore their votes could not have counted 
In no way could an illegal state, by definition, his, that vote for, for the, uh, the amendment be counted as a vote in favor of the, of the amendment. I mean, that, that's, that's not to mention the coercion involved here. I mean, one, there was one congressman who said that um, when, when the 14th Amendment was sent out to the states, Tennessee approved it, but the other 10 uh, southern Confederate states rejected it. It was a northern congressman who said, well, the southern states have rejected the 14th Amendment, so we are going to march upon them at bayonet point until they, they do ratify it. Well, most, you know, most legal principle, principles would have it that a decision that you're forced to make under duress is not legally binding. So, so we have that difficulty as well. And for these reasons and, and even several others, uh, very recently, like early 1990s, Forrest MacDonald concluded that the 14th Amendment was never constitutionally Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on The Bottom Line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. There it is right there. And I want to share this with you because this paragraph, it was I was instructed to look at that shortly after I started to read the book. And... It was the start of changing everything. Now, you can't read that from here, so we'll blow it up. Hill says there's a difference between wishing for a thing and being ready to receive it. No one is ready for a thing until they believe that they can acquire it. That's not an easy thing to do. He said the state of mind must be belief and not mere hope or wish. Now, the last two lines are critical. Open-mindedness is essential to belief. Closed minds will not inspire faith, courage, or belief. There's the key. You, if you want to be ready for the success that you dream about, that Blaine had you playing with mentally, physically, if you're ready then you believe. And if you don't believe, you're not ready. It's that simple. Now, this is the sad truth. Most people, it's hope and wish. Got to hope this thing happens. If I go there, I wonder if it'll happen. You got to decide it's going to happen. It's got to be a decision you make. And it's got to be an irrevocable decision. It's not, it's not conditional on anything. This is exactly the way it's going to be done. You see, when you believe, everything else goes out the door. Now, how do you believe? Well, I talked about that earlier. Our belief system is based upon our evaluation of something. And frequently, if we reevaluate a situation, our belief about that situation will change. When Val said that to me, it was like bells going off in my head. I realized then how and why I had changed. I had been searching for nine and a half years. The change had taken place. My life had changed dramatically, but I had no idea why it had changed. People say, how did you do that? And I said, well, I don't know, I just do it. I have talked to all kinds of Olympians. I had a very good friend of mine, Mill Campbell, who's gone now, God bless him, but 
he was a gold medal decathlon winner. That means that on that day, he was the greatest athlete in the world. That's huge. And I remember him telling me, if he told me once, he told me a thousand times. He wanted down in Melbourne, at, at the Olympics in Melbourne. And, uh, and he, uh, he said that he and Rayford Johnson were running around the uh, area that they had built for the Olympians. And Rayford said to him, what do you think is going to happen, Milt? And Milt said, I told him, I said, Rayford, you've wasted your time coming here. This is mine. Now, prior to that, that was in 1956. In 1952, he had gone to Helsinki. And he watched Matthias, who became a congressman out here at one time. Um, he went to London, and he became the greatest athlete in the world in 1948. And Milt saw that as a young boy. And he made up his mind, he was on the back of a Wheaties box, that he was going to do that. At 13, he said, I am going to win the decathlon. His grandmother was raising him. He lived in Jersey. But he made up his mind, he was going to win it. And four years later, he was in Helsinki, and he stood on the second step. Matthias wanted another gold. Matthias won the gold again. And Milt said, when I was standing on the second step, I made a commitment to myself. I was coming back in four years, and I was going to win the gold. Now, think of what he had to do. He had to train every day for the next four years. This is not lightweight stuff. And this is the real deal. I was running a meeting in, where the hell was I? I was here. I had just got in my room. I hadn't even opened my bag. And the phone rang in my room. And I picked it up and it was Milt. And he, I said, you know, I started talking, he said, where are you? And I said, I'm in L.A. He said, I'm in L.A. I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm here visiting with Bob Mathias. I said, really? I said, God, I'd love to meet him. And I said, why don't you bring him down? Why don't you come to lunch tomorrow? Bring him down. I'll have lunch with you guys. So he said, just a minute. And he was gone for a minute. And he came back. He said, okay, Bob said he'd come. And so I was running a seminar for Prudential. This was quite a long time ago. Well, these two big guys come in. They sat down in the back of the room. And I knew who they were. I knew who Bill was. I didn't know who Bob was, but I knew who, I knew who was with him. And so um, they ducked out, and we had lunch, and we came back in. And uh, they said, yeah, you can go ahead. So I told a story. I told a story about a young guy who was 13 that saw another guy win a gold medal in the decathlon. And he made up his mind he was going to do that. Now, he was living with his grandma. He was in New Jersey. The temperature's not very nice in New Jersey a good part of the year. And he said, he remember, he was upstairs, and he'd be saying, I am the greatest athlete in the world. And one day his grandma said, Milt, this may not be for us. He said, Grandma, we're not doing it. I'm doing it.
Now, I want you to compare the difference. He went back, he went in 52 to Helsinki, and he won the silver. But he said, I'm going back in four years. He had to figure out how he could do it. He didn't have the money to hire a trainer. His family didn't have any money. So he got an idea. See, when you fall in love with the idea, the way will be shown. You're going to believe that. You can't wish. Wishing and hoping doesn't cut it. If you're going to be ready, you've got to believe it. You've really got to believe it. He got the idea. He went to the government. He said, I'll join the service if you send me to Southern California and you permit me to train. I'll run under your banner. They cut a deal. They sent him down here. He had great trainers. He was in favorable weather. And he did that for four years. They paid him while he was learning. He didn't have enough money otherwise. And he went and he won the gold. And then I told him, I said, now the other guy, Milt's black. Matthias was white. Matthias was raised in Southern California. His dad was a doctor. They had all kinds of money, comparatively speaking. He was hiring the best, best trainers in the world. He could train all year long. Their situations were so far apart, they were almost polar opposites on the surface. But they both did the same thing because they both held the same image. And then I introduced them, and I brought well, the guys went nuts, the people in the audience. They just, and I got them both to come up and talk about it. I've seen these things happen. I've worked with these people. I understand it. And I remember Milt was always saying, Milt had a key to my house. He's gone now, God bless him. But he had to keep my house. When he came to Toronto, he would just, it wouldn't matter if we were home or not. He could go and stay there. We were just great friends for a long, long time. But I remember he kept saying to me, he said, you know, I, I just he, he, he couldn't get over this. He said, there was all kinds of guys in school that were better, better athletes than me, but they quit. He <laughs> said, you can't win if you quit. There is no quitting. It's got to be a commitment. And it's not going to be easy. Sandy's going to run you through here to something in a few minutes called the terror barrier. It gets to the point where you're damn good and scared. It gets to the point where the outside starts to take control of the inside and you swear to God you're going to lose if you keep going. But you've got to keep going. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. Tune in every Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on The Bottom Line with Joey L. On the new Evolution Radio Network. Develop the habits. You've got the brain power. You've got the energy. But develop the habits of success. They say the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. Generally speaking, investing in yourself is the best thing you can do, anything that improves your own talent. So nobody can take it away from you. They can run up huge deficits, and the dollar can become worth far less. You can have all kinds of things happen. But if you've got talent yourself uh, and you've maximized your talent, uh, you've got a terrific asset. And that doesn't mean everybody should go to college, but it, 
It doesn't mean that any way you find to improve. Communication skills are enormously important. I mean, I took a Dale Carnegie course that I paid $100 for, and it was worth a college degree. Uh, at least I thought it was. <laughs> Maybe this interview will convince people otherwise. <laughs> To learn enough to do well. You've, you've all got the IQ to do well. You've all got the initiative and energy to do well, or you wouldn't be you wouldn't be here. Uh, and most of you will succeed in in in, in, in meeting your aspirations. Uh, but in in determining whether you succeed, uh, there's more to it than intellect and energy. And I'd like to talk for just a second about that. Think about it. Think, what, what can I do that you can't do? Now, I get to work in a job that I love, but I've always worked in a job I love. I loved it when I, I loved it just as much when I, when, I, when it was a big deal if I made a thousand bucks. And I urge you to work in jobs you love. The question is about my business mistakes. How much time do you have? <laughs> you talk about learning from mistakes. I really believe it's better to learn from other people's mistakes as much as possible. But, uh, but. We don't spend any time looking back at Berkshire. Uh, I've got a partner, Charlie Munger. We've been pals for 40 years. We've never had an argument. Uh, we disagree on things a lot, but we, but we but we don't we don't have arguments about it, and we never look back. We just you know we just figure there's so much to look forward to that there's just no sense thinking about what we might. Have. It, it it just doesn't make any difference. I mean, you you can only live life forward. A $1,000 investment with Warren Buffett 50 years ago would give you over a $25 million return today. He's the world's most successful moneymaker, and he made it all by simply investing in the right companies. Some people are better at certain things than others, you know. There's a lot of people who sing a lot better than I can. So I want a simple business, easy to understand, great economics now, honest and able management, and, and uh, then I can see about, in a general way, where they're going to be 10 years from now. And if I can't see where they're going to be 10 years from now, I don't want to buy it. Basically, I don't want to buy any stock where if they close the New York Stock Exchange tomorrow for five years, I won't be happy owning it. I buy a farm, and I don't get a quote on it for five years, and I'm happy if the farm does okay. You know, I buy an apartment house, don't get a quote on it for five years, I'm happy if the apartment house produces the returns that I expect. But people buy a stock and they look at the price the next morning and they decide whether they're doing well or not doing well. It's, it's crazy because they're buying a piece of the business. That's what Graham, the most fundamental part of, of what he taught me. You know, you're not buying a stock, you're buying a, you're buying a part ownership in a business. You will do well if the business does well and if you didn't pay a totally silly price. And that's what it's all about. And you ought to buy businesses you understand. Just like if you're buying farms, you ought to buy farms you understand. It, it, it's, it's not complicated. you break one of the cardinal rules of investment, diversification. I mean, everybody's told, don't put all your eggs in one basket, spread them as widely as possible. You actually do sometimes and put enormous numbers of eggs yeah. in one basket, don't you? I stick with what I know. If somebody owns 50 stocks, can they really like the one they rank as number 50 as well as the, the one they rank as number one? Can they know it as well? I don't think so. And knowing what you do understand and don't understand. And, that, that is the key. It's, it's defining what I call your circle of competence. And everybody's got a different circle of competence. The important thing is not how big the circle is. The important thing is staying inside the circle. And if that circle has only got 30 companies in it out of thousands on the big board, as long as you know which 30 they are, you're okay.
the best way to get to think about investments is to be in a room with no one else and just think. And if that doesn't work, nothing else is going to work. Uh, and the disadvantage of being in any kind of a market-type environment on Wall Street would be the extreme is that you get overstimulated. You think you have to do something every day. If you buy a piece of American industry and you get a cross-section, you're going to do well over 10 or 20 or 30 years. But you're not going to do it if you try and dance in and out every day. The Dow Jones average started the 20th century at 66. It ended at 11,400. You'd say, how could you lose money <laughs> during a period like that? A lot of people did yep. because they tried to dance in and out. So what you're looking for is some way to get one good idea a year you know, and then, and then write it to its full potential. And that's very hard to do in an environment where people are shouting prices back and forth every five minutes and shoving reports under your nose and all that. Because Wall Street makes its money on activity. You make your money on inactivity. You don't need it. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. I mean, I've always said if you've got an IQ of 160, give away 30 points to somebody else because you don't need it in investments. What you do need is emotional stability. You have to, you have to be able to think independently, and you have to be, you have to be, when you come to a conclusion, you have to really not care what other people say and, and, and just follow the facts and follow your reasoning. And, and that's, that's tough for a lot of people. Question is large caps versus small caps. I don't know the answer to that. We we don't think uh, we don't we don't care whether companies large cap, giant cap, middle cap, small cap, micro cap. It doesn't make any difference. I mean, the only question to us is: Can we understand the business? Do we like the people running it? And does it sell for a price that is attractive? The wonderful business, you know, you can figure out what will happen. You can't figure out when it will happen. You don't want to focus too much on when. You want to focus on what. If you're right about what, you don't have to worry about when very much. When you look at the future, there's also the argument made uh, that, that this is something that goes with your philosophy today. Get out of cash and get into assets, because we don't know what's going to happen to the dollar. Well, cash is always a bad investment. Uh, <laughs> I mean, when people said cash is king a year ago, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, cash wasn't producing anything, and it was sure to go down in value over time. And then you always want to be sure you have enough. I mean, it's like oxygen. You want to be sure it's around, you know, but you don't need to have, you don't need to have excessive amounts of it around. No, I'd much rather own a good business uh, than have cash. Uh, and it is a hedge against the dollar? Well, you can say all assets are a hedge against okay. the, the dollar. I mean, but the, all you know is that the dollar is going to be worthless 10, 20, 30 years from now. I say worth. Less, not right. worthless. Right. <laughs> you want to watch that. <laughs> but it, it will be, you know, and that's, that's true of almost every currency that I can think of. Uh, the question is how much uh, it depreciates in value. But So I would like to be lucky again. And, and if I'm lucky, then the way to do it is to play out that game and, 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 and do something you enjoy, you know, all your life and be associated with people you like. I only work with people I like. You know, I, I don't, I don't, if I could make a hundred million dollars by buying a business with some guy that caused my stomach to churn, I'd say no. Because I say that's just like marrying for money, which probably isn't a very good idea in any circumstances, but if you're already rich, it's crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not going to marry for money. Yeah. <laughs>
Keep it locked. You're tuned in to the hottest radio network on the planet, Evolution Radio. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation. You. I get in my feelings, yeah I start reminiscing, yeah Next time around, fuck, I want it to be different, yeah Waiting on a sign, guess it's time for a different prayer Lord, please save her for me Do this one favor for me I had to change my play ways Got way too complicated for me I hope she's waiting for me Everywhere she go, they play my songs That's why I say the things that I say That way I know you can't ignore me But so, so, yeah So give me all of you in exchange for me Just give me all of you in exchange for me For me, break it down Yes, sir. Check. We used to lay up and then stay up, have sex and then blow dang. I shouldn't have played no games with you, just leveled up my brain. Last time I saw you win speak, that was strange. Guess there's nothing I could do. Man, it's true. X has changed. Yeah. Hey, guess you changed for the better. Better. I know you know how to make me jealous. I was never loyal, let you tell it, yo. But I'm ready to fix it if you ready, baby. So, so. Yeah. So give me all of you in exchange for me Just give me all of you in exchange for me For me For real, Sean Yeah, I know Yeah Is you at two keys or ten roof? Turn up, we until we just getting loose Baby, I'm low-key feeling you Don't be cynical, won't fuck you over Wanna fuck you over And again, the truth is I ain't really here to start problems Girl, I swear to God, them Hoes can't never say they got him Know how bad you wanna tell him Don't try him I don't wanna tell him, let's surprise him I don't wanna get into it, why you stressing him? I've been driving back and forth from Louisville to Lexington Mileage on the whip Got your ass in my grip College, make you wanna strip Nah, girl, I got a job for you Swear to God, I could do a lot for you Saw you strolling through the campus, I had to stop for you I was scrolling through the gram, girl, I had to follow you Say what's up with you You got my soul Listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L, where remedy meets preparation. And why do I say that? Because after 46 years and teaching you morons for 23 years, you want to take the easy way out. Because you think life is a journey. 
That is horseshit. Life's a journey if you're a moron and you're retarded. That's why, you know, that's what, that's what you've done with the life up heretofore. It's been a journey. And how good is the fucking journey? You tell me. Wouldn't you have rather, when the first time you went out with somebody that you thought you were in love with, thought is the operative word, wouldn't you have lied to have a, a template? Oh, let's follow this process instead of, because that is a journey. And all the mistakes you made and raising this fucking little shithead for kids you got instead of having this book. Life doesn't have to be a journey. It's a journey for morons. You think life is a journey for the Trump kids? It's a motherfucking process, the same process his daddy raised him by. Same for me. Life ain't a journey if you're my kid. It's a goddamn process. So you tell me if you're results oriented at all, who's better off? The journey or the process? And for the most part, most people in this room and most people listening on YouTube have to come to the realization, as sad as it is, that you have pissed, you have urinated heretofore up until this morning, your entire life down a fucking shithole. Very simple. That's it. If you want to create massive wealth, if you just want to be a happy, slappy housewife from fucking Dundee, or a happy, slappy bimbo from fucking Toronto, or a happy, slappy guy who goes to the Little League games in Mesa, Arizona, then that's okay. But if you want to create some fucking money, and money's not everything, but if you don't money, think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to fucking shop. Say that with an Irish accent. Okay, if, <laughs> if you don't think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to shop. If you don't think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to shop. Correct. <laughs> uh, correct. And, but I mean, you can get money and then go save the world. You can get money and save the forests in Brazil. You make money and go save global warming, which I don't believe in. You can, I mean, and save the, uh, the kids in Biafra and all that shit. But without money, you can't save a fucking thing. Don't you understand? Don't the fucking idiots on YouTube understand that? Until you make some shekels. Until you make some fucking coin. You can't help anybody. Because if love got the job done, you wouldn't all be fucked up. And I've had mothers, daughters, grandfather, daughter, uh, son. I've run three generations of the gamut in this seminar here. And they all say the exact same thing. The daughter looks to the mother, you fucked me up. The, the mother looks to the father, you fucked me up. And they all agree. And where it really gets dicey is the second or, three day, second or third days after they have a few drinks, a few pops. Then it, gets, it can get fucking ugly, as Sally would say. Fucking ugly. Nothing like a mother to turn on her daughter or vice versa. Nothing like it. It's like in the fucking movies. It's like a goddamn soap opera. Because that's life. 
And if we admit it to ourselves, then we have an opportunity to move on. If we don't, then we're just fucked in the quagmire. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L. Where remedy meets preparation. You see, there are two kinds of law. This is a subject I, I love. I've been talking, talking about this for years. There are two kinds of law on the earth that rule the whole world. But most people don't know that. All over the world, all governments are ruled by what is called civil law. Civil law goes back to a Latin word, civili, which goes back to the word illi. Oh God, I mean, you go on for hours on this stuff. Civil law, which is called in all countries the law of the land. So you'll say, well, you can't do that because that's against the law of the land. The law of the land is civil law, Roman civil law, the law of the land. But there is a second law which also operates all over the earth identical. It's called UCC, Uniform Commercial Code. That is the law of God in the world of business. I don't care if you're in Japan, in Africa, in China, in, in Istanbul, Turkey. If you have a company, if you have a corporation, if you are doing business where you buy and sell and make money, you are operating on this earth under something called UCC, Uniform Commercial Code. Because if all countries work on a different commercial code, then nobody could do business with anybody. You couldn't trust Japan to pay you. you. Japan couldn't trust America to pay them for the cars. Because everybody has their own laws. Uh-uh. Under the Caesars of Rome, they established under Caesar that all nations in the empire that do business, everybody plays on a, on a level field. If you do business in Africa with China, you pay them. And if Africa does uh, uh, business with American companies, you pay them. You pay. Whatever it is you're doing business, you don't mess around. The most severe law in this world is called UCC, Uniform Commercial Code. It's the Bible of business on the earth. Uniform Commercial Code. Uniform Commercial Code is based directly on Vatican Canon Law on the Roman canon law. Consequently, when a ship pulls into port, it pulls in and stops in its call in its berth. The ship is now in its berth. Because it is on the law of the high seas or commercial maritime, UCC commercial law rules the seas. So when the ship pulls into its berth, the first thing that the captain must do is to present a certificate of manifest to the port authorities, which means that the port authorities need to know how much is on this ship that you're bringing into our country and our economy. How many TVs, how many cars, uh, whatever you're bringing, how much are you bringing into our economy? So you have to have a certificate of manifest of what is the value of your ship here, what are you doing? Consequently, when you are born, you come out of your mother's water Therefore, you must have a birth certificate, a certificate of manifest, because you are a corporation-owned item. You are a human resource. This goes back to the German Nazi concept. 
that every human coming out of their mother's water must be birthed. And therefore you have to have a certificate, a manifest, to see how much this individual is going to make for us in our new world order. I'm telling you that until you understand the laws, the symbols, the emblems, what these words mean, you're never going to suspect how far gone we really are. Did you know, for instance, that your birth certificate is a security on the stock exchange in the New York stock market? Did you know that? Because if you order your birth certificate, get a new one, order your birth certificate, it'll only cost you, sometimes it's free, it'll only, only cost you a few dollars, order your birth certificate. On your birth certificate, all birth certificates in this country, on the bottom, it will tell you, this is printed on security papers. Do not accept if not on full color security paper. Then on the right hand corner, you will always have a series of numbers, red numbers, printed on the, on the birth certificate. Those numbers are a security stock exchange number on the world stock exchange. You go to any good stock or office and ask them, check these numbers in your computer and see how much this stock is worth, the certificate. And they will check it on the New York Stock Exchange and find you, your birth certificate, is a stock on the stock exchange in America. Why? Because you are worth money to the international bank that bought you in 1930. We need to wake up. This is serious stuff. Don't even think about changing the station. You're listening to The Bottom Line with your host, Joey L. And Cheyenne and Pusha Muriel, would you state your name for the record, please? Your attribute for the record, please. Cheyenne uh, Matilda Pusha Muriel, on behalf of America's Empire Aboriginal Law. All right. I want to ask you a couple of questions, please. Um, the first question I want to ask you is, are you employed? Uh, objection, ma'am. This hearing is supposed to be about jurisdiction. This court has no jurisdiction. The court has no jurisdiction to determine its own jurisdiction for a basic issue in any case before a tribunal. Well, if I have no jurisdiction to determine my own jurisdiction, how are you going to get that issue resolved? Listen, this, ca this case in this courtroom is a culpable, incompetent court of jurisdiction. You can't, according to federal case law, you can't set another hearing to reach and determine your own jurisdiction. As I've stated for the record plenty of times, I'm only having threat to rest and coercion and because the prosecution falsely holds my property and I'm here to clarify that matter. Other than that, I'm here under threat to rest and coercion. It is completely against federal case law. It has power to act and the court must have the authority to decide that question in the first instance. That's Rescue Army versus Municipal Court of Los Angeles. A departure by a court from the recognized and established requirements of law, however close apparent adherence to mere form and method of procedure, which has the effect of depriving one of a constitutional right, 
Access to jurisdiction. You have the flag right behind you, ma'am. May I interrupt you for a moment? You may not, ma'am. Then would you, would you, when you're done speaking, would you let me know so that I can ask a question? I'm, I'm, I'm not obligated to answer any questions, so I have no intentions of answering any question. I'll ask it anyway, and you can decide what you want to say. Thus, where judicial tribunal has no jurisdiction of the subject matter on which it assumes to act, its proceedings are absolutely void. In the fullest sense of the term, Dillon versus Dillon. Uh, courts enforcing mere statutes, as it is to my understanding, that this is a statute, not a constitutional violation of law. In fact, one of the hearings I had with you, you said people are not charged with constitutional violations. I don't understand how you could be enforcing statutes and you have to constitute the U.S. flag behind you, as if you don't say you hadn't taken an oath to uphold the Constitution. Courts enforcing mere statutes do not act judicially but merely ministerially. Thus, no judicial immunity, and unlike courts of law, do not obtain jurisdiction by service of process, nor even arrest and compel the parents. Boswell versus Otis. I've been here three or four times on the threat to arrest and coercion. Prosecution doesn't even have Otis in front of him. He has no objections. He has nothing to say. He cannot prove jurisdiction. This court should have been dismissed this case. This is a colorable court of incompetent jurisdiction. The fact that petitioner was released on a promise to appear before a magistrate for an arraignment, that fact is circumstance to be considered in determining whether the first instance there was a probable cause for the arrest, Monroe versus Popper. There's no discretion to ignore the lack of jurisdiction. Court must prove on rec all the record, all jurisdiction facts related to the jurisdiction asserted. A universal principle as old as the law is that proceedings of a court without jurisdiction are a nullity and its judgment then without effect either on person or property. This case has already been put before the federal court and you will be receiving a notice of removal very shortly. This court has no jurisdiction. Prosecution can't prove jurisdiction. This case uh, shall be dismissed and it will. Did you file a notice of removal with the federal court? Yes, you will be receiving it shortly. Alright. Um, when I receive it, I will rule on it. This is my question to you, however. Are you employed? I'm not employed. I'm not employed with any uh, 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 corporations uh, incorporated with the state of New Jersey. Are you, are you employed with any corporation that's incorporated outside of the state Objection. of New Jersey? Objection. I'm not, I'm not here to answer questions about uh, my employment. Uh, I, last time I was made aware of this was supposed to be about whether this court has jurisdiction, and clearly it doesn't. Uh, a question about employment has nothing to do with whether this court has jurisdiction, so I'm not obligated to answer those questions. And I, I shall not be answering any anymore those questions that are not pertaining to jurisdictional facts. Well, this is my question to you. I asked it before. If you, if your position is that this court has no jurisdiction to determine its own jurisdiction. Objection, man. That is not my ruling. That is not my holding. I've, I've given you the federal case law regarding such. Maybe you can take some time out that you need to do to, uh, to recheck that, but that's what the case law says. It's not what I said. Well, I do have jurisdiction over you. Number one, you're here in my courtroom. Objection, ma'am. You do not have jurisdiction over me. I'm here by way of threat, duress, and coercion. <laughs> the federal case law stipulates already that compelled uh, appearance and arrest warrants doesn't give uh, uh, a minister acting ministerially and not judicially enforcing their statute's jurisdiction. That's in incorrect and false. You do not have jurisdiction because I'm here. You've told me before when I was here that you would lock me up if I didn't come, which was threat to rest coercion. I think that you misstate what I told you. Objection, ma'am. I have not misstated. 
I have the videos. I have it on repeat, 24-7. I've seen you say I don't recall that I said I would lock you up. Oh, well, objection, okay. ma'am. That's on the record. Well, you can object all that you want, sir. And I will continue to have a difference of opinion about that. All right. Well, we'll continue with today's proceedings, then. And I certainly appreciate the courtesy that you extend to me. All right, Mr. Uh, Walker, I know that you are here. Yes, you wish sir. to be heard, sir? Your Honor, I have uh, Kevin Walker appearing on behalf of the Office of the Public Defender. Uh, we did uh, receive, after the last uh, hearing, a court order directing the Office of the Public Defender to uh, represent uh, this uh, defendant. I did file a motion for reconsideration, noting that uh, there has been no indigency uh, determination which is uh, an essential component of uh, our appointment. So I would ask uh, respectfully that uh, an indigency determination be made uh, at this time and absent that earlier order that this defendant be vacated. All right, thank you. Do you wish to be heard on the issue, Mr. Luciano? I don't, Judge. All right. I have inquired of Cheyenne Mutata Kushamurel concerning his employment. He tells me he is not employed in the state of New Jersey by any corporation, and therefore I determine that he does not have the present ability to pay for counsel to proceed in this matter. Objection, ma'am. Uh, I, don't, I don't know this gentleman. Uh, I haven't made any contracts with the public defender's office. Uh, I don't know what that was an attempt to do, but he does not have the authority to speak for me. Uh, so I would appreciate it if any uh, non-identified parties are uh, determining to act on my behalf. First, fill out an IRS Form 56 and notify the IRS that they're acting in some sort of fiduciary capacity. All right. Let's talk about the issue of, uh, Mr. Walker, I want to talk about the issue of jurisdiction. One of the issues that has been raised in this case and has been raised over and over again that really needs to be determined before we can proceed with it is with regard to jurisdiction. I have received, it was filed with the court, it was received in my chambers on January 7th. I'm not exactly sure if it was filed downstairs on a different day. Something that has been entitled a non-negotiable affidavit of fact to dismiss with prejudice for lack of personum jurisdiction, lack of discovery, and lack of an injured party. It purports to raise the issue before the court of lack of jurisdiction with regard to um, Cheyenne Mutata pushing your L. Uh, despite what Cheyenne Mutata Kushimir L. says, this is not an application to the court to uh, dismiss anything with anything. There are certain ways, as you are aware, Mr. Walker, to bring issues before the court. Um, what we need to do is have the issue brought before the court properly by way of a notice of motion. I don't even know if Mr. Luciano got a copy of this, but certainly you know that any motion filed has to be served on the prosecutor. How much time does your office need in order to do that? And did you receive a copy of this? I have not received a copy of that, and uh, before I address that issue, I would respectfully request that uh, you inquire into this defendant's assets to see whether he has the present ability to retain private counsel. He tells me he isn't employed in, uh, by Objection. a corporation, so... Objection. This is obscene. Sir, I do this is a conversation that I'm having with Mr. Walker, not with you. This is, this and the way you didn't want me man. to interrupt you, I would like you not to interrupt me or Mr. Walker. Objection. This man cannot speak for me, man. I haven't filled out any public defender's applications nor contracts to agree to that. You cannot force me against my consent to have someone who has I have no formal contract or agreement with 
to uh, speak on my behalf. I'm a natural flesh and blood man. I don't what? have to have. Yes, ma'am. Oh. I do not have to have uh, an attorney at law, a colorable attorney at law, de facto attorney at law, uh, propose or purport to speak for me in any in, in any regards to these uh, matters at hand. March 23rd, sufficient time, Mr. Walker? I think so, Judge. All right. Then this matter shall be in hereby is continued until Monday, March 23rd at 9 o'clock. Objection, ma'am. Uh, the notice of removal is already in. You will be receiving it today. So if I receive it before March 23rd at 9 a.m., I am aware of my obligations when a matter has been removed to federal court. If for some reason the federal court does not accept it, or it's not properly filed, or there's something else. That's the next day for this proceeding. Objection, Thank you very I much. will not be participating in any more of these proceedings. Do what you want. I'm sorry, I can do that. This is the only notice that I will give you of the proceeding on March 23rd at 9 o'clock in the morning. We don't send out letters reminding people. We'll simply expect that you will be here. Thank Judge you very much. Will be contacted by uh, my office and we'll arrange uh, an interview with him in the office and he'll have to uh, sign in. Do you have his address? Uh, I, it's the on here. The address I have is the, uh, the PO box. Objection. right here. Objection. If you uh, attempt to contact me and negotiate any contacts with me, you will be getting sued in federal court too as well, sir. Thank you very much. Stared at it, marveled at its beauty, its genius. Billions of people just living out their lives, oblivious. Did you know that the first Matrix was designed to be a perfect human world where none suffered, where everyone would be happy? It was a disaster. No one would accept the program. Entire crops were lost. Some believed that we lacked the programming language to describe your perfect world, but I believe that as a species, human beings define their reality through misery and suffering. So the perfect world was a dream that your primitive cerebrum kept trying to wake up from which is why the Matrix was redesigned to this, the peak of your civilization. And I say your civilization because as soon as we started thinking for you, it really became our civilization, which is, of course, what this is all about. Evolution, Morpheus. Evolution. Like the dinosaur. Look out that window. You had your time. The future is our world, Morpheus. The future is our time. I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I realized that you're not actually mammals. Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. 
You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are a plague, and we are the cure. Can you hear me, Morpheus? I'm going to be honest with you. I hate this place, this zoo, this prison, this reality, whatever you want to call it, I can't stand it any longer. It's the smell. If there is such a thing, I feel saturated by it. I can taste your stink. Every time I do, I fear that I've somehow been infected by it. It's repulsive, isn't it? I must get out of here. I must get free. And in this mind is the key, my key. There are people that's awake, and there's people asleep. Now, most people on this planet are asleep. So, let's break it to the least common anomaly. Let's say the black community. We, it used to they say 5%. <laughs> no, it's like old point something now. That's right. You see, that's asleep. So you're going to be lonely because the simple fact that people are asleep. Now, how is this? You have a chakra system in your body. And these are nine wheels of consciousness. Most, uh, excuse me, seven wheels of consciousness. There's like 160 chakras, but seven major chakras, just like there's seven African powers. <clears throat> now, what has happened here to give you a scientific element of what's going on so that you can clear this up so you don't have to go and be trying to holler at somebody and they laugh at you and they don't want to hear that shit. Because your family will beat you down and niggas in the street will beat you down. You're going to try to give them a message. Now, you had you around here crazy. Now, the chakra system, the lower chakra is your sacral vertebrae. That's your root chakra. And that's where the majority of the people's um, consciousness is, on the root chakra. So the only thing that they can get down with is desires. What feels good, what tastes good, what smells good, what looks good, what sounds good. Yes. You see, the, Lord the basic sen uh, census, you see, on that particular level, they are called the automatons, which means automation. Okay. They moving, but they, they're brain dead. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Now, you don't even get into this particular consciousness that you can partake to understand what things is until you're radiating from the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. You see, the heart chakra. That's why the Egyptian, the heart, the scarab, the heart scarab was the most important. Even when you died, they'd throw the brain away. 
but it was the heart that they preserved. Because that's another, that's where your true self is. But you got to radiate from the heart chakra and then you elevate on into the pineal gland. But most people's consciousness is in the root chakra. On the five senses, the animal level. Make it look pretty, they have a PhD with a degree. They tell you it's only a degree of information. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a degree of information, it has nothing to do with a person's behavior. Mm. Whether they're conscious or not. You see, it has nothing to do with what a person wears. It has something to do is where they incarnated down here on a certain level and they are radiating above the root shock. And I guarantee you this right now. Even if some of you all just coming into consciousness the last couple of weeks or the last year, I guarantee you, you always felt special since you was a baby. Now, I've been asking that question in my lectures around the country for, 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 for 16 years. And I asked everybody, how many of you all always thought that you were special? And the whole room always raised their hand. You didn't know what it was. You see what I'm saying? But you thought it was special. And you always had a thirst for something that you didn't know what it was. And it was this model. Let me give you an example. When I was, on, when I was in college, I was standing up one time. I had finished school. And I was standing um, on the college campus with one of the coaches. We got to be good friends, one of the basketball coaches, Coach Holmes. And he said, well, how do you, how do you feel, man? You, you've edu- you educated yourself. I said, man, I don't feel shit. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. I said, I told him, I said, I thought when I came here to this university that when I left, I was going to have some kind of knowledge. I didn't know what the knowledge was. All I know is what I, when I went through for four years, I didn't have shit. I, I knew I felt empty. Now it was it was you know it was a couple of years later that what I was missing I realized was knowledge. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I, I but but I knew something was wrong. You see, and that's what it is. You you always thought that you was you, you there, that something was missing, and that's why it's actually because you were you, you were gravitating above the root shock. To the new evolution radio network where the evolution is the revolution. All right, what up, what up, what up? Peace to the gods. All right, okay, what's happening? What's happening? Peace to the gods. Welcome to the show. You see right here on the New Evolution Radio Network. I'm your host, Joey Bounce L. Bay. Let me do a mic check right quick. Can you hear me? Four and four. Peace to the guys. Okay. All right. I'm just making sure I can be heard. All right, that's what's up. Oh, 
call the number three four seven nine eight nine zero one nine four if you're listening on the internet and you want to call in. Dot com and get with me. And a lot of people put in a lot of orders this week. Um, we filling a lot of orders right now. A lot of people going after a lot of different remedies. So if you're looking to get your remedy, man, make sure you go to my website. Get your webinar, whatever you need, right? Make sure you also go over to JonahBay.com. Get whatever items you may need to get from my brother Jonah as well. All right? So with that being said, I want to welcome everybody to tonight's show. Um, we got a lot to talk about tonight. There's, um, you know, ultimately, you know, tonight, what, what we're going to talk about is what's happening with these driver's licenses. Just a second, y'all. Sorry about that, Joe. So, essentially... We're going to go into tonight is this driver's license. Um, you know, it's interesting because I actually recently I, I was I was traveling, right? And I got pulled over, and you know I like to tell y'all about what's happening in my life, so you know we can we can talk about it, we can apply it. So we're gonna take a break from our business series this week, and we're gonna look at this driver's license and this whole thing about traveling. Okay, so. As a national, right, I've been pretty much moving around with no problem. So I recently got pulled over. And I got pulled over for turning into a construction zone, right? I saw the sign. I turned anyway. The cop turned. I turned. Shit, why not? So I turned into this construction zone, right? Car. License. Uh, you know, license insurance, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I handle the passport. Because, so you got to understand, I'm testing shit out now, right? So, this is my first time getting pulled over as a national since I've done my correction. So, I'm going to give them what I'm going to give them. Might not give them my IDP this time, right? Well, I reached for the first thing that I had, which was the passport. Get your passport. So give him a passport. He goes back to his car. He's in his car about 10 minutes, right? It don't normally take this long. So all I did was make a wrong left turn. So, ticket. So fast, your head would spin. And then he walks away. Don't say shit else. I ain't just a bitch. I ain't got a ticket in so goddamn long, right? So I start looking at the ticket. I notice on the ticket, number one, right? There's, there's obviously no driver's license number because I didn't provide a driver's license. No passport number for my passport. On there, said I was five foot nine. Put a fake weight on there, said I was 100 and, what is that, 180 pounds, right? Then, press on there. It was a P.O. box that that I use for business. 
And actually, it's not even mine. It's my old man's. And then, it didn't even have my name on the uh, ticket. It wasn't my name. Ticket, just to say face. And then he dipped off. Now, a lot of people will ask me, well, how did that happen, man? That, man, what you doing, man? What's, what's really going on, man? It's important that we really get a good understanding that these people, you know, you say, listen, this is who I am. I'm not one of your citizens. So, you know, he he pulls me over, gives me this ticket. And obviously his computer system, he sees that I'm not a citizen. Not one of the drivers. I don't have one of the instruments in their instrumentality, as you will. The thing is, let me let me just pull this up because it's confused, and I like to look at definitions. So the word driver is one who is employed in conducting or operating a coach. A carriage, a wagon, or another vehicle with horses, mules, or other animals, or a bicycle, a tricycle, or a motor car, though not a street railroad car. A person actually doing driving, whether employed by the owner to drive or driving in his own vehicle, a.k.a. the Uber driver. The only time that you're driving... What? You being an Uber driver, a taxi driver, or you moving some type of freight from one place to the other? Actually, the only time that you're driving a vehicle, right? And so we tend to forget this state. Right in, in the corporate jurisdiction, having a driver's license is said to be a quote-unquote privilege. We're gonna look at tonight that says the very contrary of that. Right now, I always like to refer to the founding documents, the foundational documents, which goes back to supreme law, because I can show you case law until I'm blue in the face. But case law will never supersede, right, your Constitution, your Articles of Confederation, your Articles of Association. These are your foundational documents. Let's just take a look at it. I'm going to read something to you right, as we dive into this topic tonight. So it says, the U.S. Supreme Court and other high court citations providing that no driver's license is necessary for the normal use of an automobile on common ways. So the right of a citizen to travel upon the public highways and to transport his property thereon by a horse-drawn carriage, wagon, or automobile is not a mere privilege, which may be, which may be permitted or prohibited at will 
but a common right at which he has under the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness under this constitutional guarantee. One may, therefore, under normal conditions, travel at his own inclination upon the public highways or in public places, and while conducting himself in an orderly and decent manner. Okay? Neither inferring nor excuse me, disturbing the rights of another. So it goes right back to the Constitution. Harm another person or destroy or damage their rights. You have every right to hop in your whip and travel from A to B without a driver's license and certainly without having their car registered. But so I, am I going to advocate for you to go around with an unregistered car? No, I tell you, put it into a trust. Uh, ask me, well, why would he give you a ticket if it was in the trust? Several vehicles, and this one is not in the trust. When you don't put it into a trust, if you're still in their jurisdiction, they can still issue you a ticket some type of way. So even though I'm not in their jurisdiction, the tags on that particular car that I was driving was. So in the past, my injunctions on all of my vehicles that are not in their jurisdiction, that are in the trust. Always maintain trust. Even in my own life, how it works, right? Because transparency is key here. So... I want y'all to really get this. When you're traveling as a citizen in the United States, as they call it, right, in in the states of, you must have a driver's license, right? Because why? You are subject to the laws of the legislature. Laws that they create, right? They say that you have to register your car, and if you don't register your car, you need to pay. And if you do register your car, you need to pay. If you license, that's a fine, right? Now, everybody knows that if you hand a cop something else other than a driver's license, the first thing they say to you is, oh, you don't have a license. Where's your driver's license? To me, not one. Not twice, not at all. About a driver's license. Tonight as well, from a manual. It's going to break this down. Because a driver's license in the United States does not, and I'll repeat, it does not make you a United States. But if you are traveling within one of their territorial jurisdictions, with a driver's license that came from them, yeah, you better believe that you're subject to their laws and statutes. Unless, unless if you're a citizen, unless you're national, and then you travel outside of that jurisdiction, right? And all they can do is give you fake tickets or let you go. gotten pulled over since I've had the injunction I've actually 
had the, the privilege of, of going on about my way. Right? Except for a few times in the beginning. Even with weed. Right? So, you know, getting a little traffic ticket, it's cool. It's like practice for me. Because shit never happens no more. I, I, and I thank the ancestors for that. But shit never happens no more. And so, I get a little ticket. I, you know, I practice with it. It's all good. It's like, uh, it's like batting cage shit, you know? But at the end of the day, Man, right? You write me a fake ticket because I'm not a citizen anymore. I am a national. So being a citizen, that ticket would have had to have been right because it would have had to stand up in court. That ticket would never stand up in the court. And if I show up, right, to fight a ticket, that's technically not for me. But guess what happens? Guess who the ticket becomes for? It becomes for me. I become party to the whole incident now, right? You send that shit back, call us for a few. I don't want this. Send, send this back. I'm not contracting you today. Sorry. You're supposed to send it back another representative. Do that. To this information because we got a lot to talk about. Cases here. I'm going to give you some synopsis so y'all can see where I'm going with this. Right? Anytime you read the case law of a case that was adjudicated, it has uh, become a precedent. President, but a precedent, which means that the shit uh, you can use now, right? It, it, it's, like, it's like if your mama set down the law in the house. And then your daddy came in and tried to say, you you can do this, but your mama said you couldn't. You can't do it because guess what? Mama said a precedent. So a precedent has been set with these corporate policies, right? But let's just read some of what they got to say. Thompson versus Smith. Constitutional Law, Section 329. The right of the citizen to travel upon the public highways and to transport his property thereon in the ordinary course of life and business is a common right which he has under the right to enjoy of life and liberty to acquire and possess property and to pursue happiness and safety. It includes the right in doing so and the use of ordinary and unusual conveyances of the day. And under the existing modes of travel, includes the right to drive a horse, draw a carriage, or a wagon thereon, or to operate an automobile for the usual and ordinary purpose of life and business. Versus D.C., 2009. The use of an automobile as a necessary adjunct to the earning of a livelihood in modern life requires us in the interest of realism to conclude that the right to use an automobile on the public highways partakes of the nature of a liberty within the meaning of the constitutional guarantees. So what are we saying here? All of these judges keep going back to the Constitution. Another one. Barbarian versus uh, Lucer. The right to operate a motor vehicle or an automobile 
upon the public streets and highways is not a mere privilege. It is a right of liberty, the enjoyment of which is protected by the guarantees of the federal and the state constitutions. Now, you must ask yourself, number one, if you have the right to travel as a national, why must they write this down? about nationals. Ever see something that says, oh, national has the right to travel? Because we, they already know this. But I'm, I'm going to show you that in a minute. But understand that, that even their citizens under the 14th Amendment, right, have, you, you can call them privileges to them, that they try to say, oh, we can't, you know, we can't take that privilege away from you. It has a right, but yet it's enshrined your right to travel in the Constitution, right? Like every case that I've read, they tell you, oh, it's in the Constitution, it's enshrined in the Constitution, federal or state, and yet we know that the state constitutions technically are more powerful than the federal constitution. The states were here first. Pull it up. Look who's the confederation here. We're going to look at it. Because, see, a lot of people tend to forget that the very basic laws are the foundational principles. it up. We're looking at the Articles of Confederation. Okay, and we're going to go down to... Let's go to... Very specific. Let me let me put it up. Because of association is where. All right. So under the Articles of Confederation, we need to go to Fine Law. As an inhabitant, we have ingress and regress, right? Which means you can come and go as you please. Okay. Says that to better secure. And perpetuate the mutual friendship and the intercourse among the people of the different states in the Union. The free inhabitants of each state, the paupers, the vagabonds, and the fugitives from justice accepted shall be entitled to all privileges and amenities of free citizens in the several states. And the people of each state shall be shall have free ingress and regress to and from any other state. Shall enjoy therein all the privileges of trade and commerce, subject to the same duties, impositions, and restrictions as to the inhabitants thereof, respectively, provided that such restrictions shall not extend so far as to prevent the removal of property imported into any state 
to any other state to which the owner is an inhabitant. Provided also that no imposition duties or restrictions shall be laid by any state on the property of the United States or either of them. So you see it right there. Shall be given in each state. If you're a national, you want to take a road trip and you want to travel from one side of the country to the other, continent to the other, free ingress and regress to come and go through each country, which we call state, between each individual state with your regress, you have full faith and credit. state that you go into is supposed to recognize the fact that you're a national, that you don't need a driver's license, and that you can move about freely how you choose. Now, I, I want y'all to understand that there are rules to this thing. Okay? There are rules for how these people move. Let's take a look at the rules. With um, police agencies, right? Police agencies and law enforcement agencies, they have a duty to ascertain who you are, right? To make sure that they they know who you are. So, let's take a quick look. I want to pull this up. Now, what is a national, right? A national is one that's relating to a nation, common to a characteristic of a whole nation. A citizen or a particular country typically entitled to hold a passport. I don't like that one. Let's go to another one. Allegiance to. of a nation without regard to a more formal status of a citizen or a subject. A national is one that owes allegiance to or is under the protection Hold on, wait a minute. When we read that thing about Moors being if so jure and under the protection... Who are they under the protection of? One that owes allegiance or is under the protection of a nation without regard to one, excuse me, to more, to the more formal status of a citizen or a subject. The same as the citizen. Citizens catch tickets. In court cases, don't. Now, by them giving me a fake ticket, that should tell you everything that you need to know. So look at the definition of the word citizen. Curious definition. Let's pull that up. Of a city or a town. One that is entitled to the privileges and the rights of a free man. 
So you're entitled to privileges of a free man. A person who owes allegiance to a government and is entitled to protection from it. A citizen is somebody who's been naturalized into a jurisdiction, which means that to have a license, which is a privilege, right? So let's let's look that up, right? While we're looking up definitions, common law jurisdiction, legal professionals privilege. Oh, not that one. Let's go to another one. particular benefit or advantage enjoyed by a person, company, or class beyond the common advantages of other citizens, an exceptional or ordinary power or exemption, a right, power, franchise, or immunity held by a person or a class against or beyond the course of the law. Privilege is an exemption from some burden of attendance with certain persons are indulged from a supposition of law that the stations they fill or the offices that they are in or engaged in are such as they require all of their time and care. Privilege in the United States, what are you dealing with? What a privilege. The privilege is growing up. Privileges. When they let you go to recess, it's privilege when they gave you that extra 15-minute smoke break, right? These are all your privileges that you got. When they allowed you to use a Social Security number to get a home loan, it was a privilege when they let you take out the, the, the loan you went to school on. that they allow their U.S. citizens to partake in. Ask yourselves, when you take a driver's license, and you driving around out here, right, and you ain't done no steps to correct your status, how are you really operating? Are you operating in a true capacity as a national, right, who's not given constitutionally protected rights, Right? You're enforcing them shit. Or are you a citizen? As a citizen only has privileges under the 14th Amendment. Right. By the way, like, I, like we always say, it's unconstitutional. They're properly ratified. Now, let me go a little further into this with these black people about being, you know, United States citizens. Look, let's pull up. Make sure that we are paying attention to them. Away from cases visiting these cases at the same time, right? So, the Dred Scott case is a case in which the United States Supreme Court held that the descendants of Africans who were imported into this country, that 
and then later resold as slaves were not included or intended to be included under the word citizens in the Constitution, whether emancipated or not, and remain without rights or privileges except such as those which the government might grant them. The government allowed niggas to become United States citizens. Those who didn't want to be more. Those who didn't want to go back to what their ancestors was. Those who chose to step aside. Now, I was just listening to some shit and uploading because it was hilarious. And it was talking about how uh, I think it was Richard Pryor, man. And he was talking about how in uh, the 1960s, who black? What do you mean black? I ain't, I ain't black. Right? That was the, you know. And so, you have to realize that we've been going by these titles that the government has given us, allowing them to put us in a position where we're accepting privileges from them. Pretty mindful to believe that you're somebody else. The acceptance of a driver's license that they give to U.S. citizens and to people who have been naturalized so here's what's really interesting right because if people have been naturalized under this particular jurisdiction All these privileges because we think about the birth certificate that is the naturalization certificate the state don't got no problem giving you another contract called a driver's license now now I, like I know people who have them and they don't even use them so you have one you don't use it is Are you still in that jurisdiction? You're probably not because you didn't give them an instrument that was in their jurisdiction. It's all about the instruments. Now, let's take a look at this, right? Because I I got this manual. And this is a a very interesting manual, right? And I've read it before, and I'll go over it again because I want you all to see what happens when you are in a true capacity as a national how the so the so called quote unquote police are supposed to treat you. Here we go. Consular officer. All right, so for the purposes of this manual, a consular officer is an official of a foreign government accredited by the U well let's see, look at that. An official of a foreign government accredited by the U.S. Department of State and authorized to provide assistance on behalf of the government to that government's citizens in another country, regardless of whether a consular officer is assigned to a consular section of the embassy in D.C. or if the office is maintained by a foreign government. Okay? Now, passport. Okay. The passport is a form of ID. A passport can be used like a driver's license, is your 
travel, which you can regress to and from as you please. This particular document, you can hand that to a so-called public official. Who is a foreign national? For the purposes of the constant notification and the instructions of this manual, a foreign national is any person who is not a U.S. citizen. Rare situations in which a person is neither a U.S. citizen nor a foreign national, i.e. stateless. Such cases, consular notification requirements do not apply. Now, Here's what's really interesting, right? And I think I probably brought this shit up before too, but it is stateless. What do you mean? Let's look at the definition of a stateless here says that in international law, a stateless person is someone who is not considered as a national by any state. National law, a stateless person is someone who is not considered as a national by any state under the operation of its law. Those stateless persons are also refugees. However, not all refugees are stateless. And some persons, and I want you to hear this closely, some persons who are stateless have never crossed international borders. That's the ahead, right? That are stateless. Oh, refugees, but they never left their own country, but yet they're not considered national? Hmm. So, wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm going to keep reading, because I'll, I'll tie it in in a second. National, the same as an alien. Yes. For the purposes of this manual. With a green card, a lawful permanent resident considered a foreign national. Yes. Lawful permanent resident aliens who have resident alien registration are also national. Was required to carry identity documents that indicate their nationality. Do consular notifications proceed excuse me, procedures so if you if they cannot verify a detainee's nationality. Federal law requires that most foreign nationals carry immigration and nationality documents with them at all times while in the United States under 8 U.S.C. 1304 E. However, arresting officers will frequently come across aliens without documentation, and identifying their country of nationality is key. It is the arresting officer's responsibility to inquire about the person's nationality 
if there are any reasons to believe that he or she is not a U.S. citizen. Where an arrestee claims to be a non-U.S. citizen, arresting officers should follow the appropriate consular notification procedures, even if the arrest claims cannot be verified by documentation. You see that? They still got to follow procedure. So, well, well, I'm not a na- I'm, I'm not a national yet, but I'm getting there, bro. What, what what's that mean for me? If I got my IDP on me, you're not in that jurisdiction. You didn't hand them no document that said you was in that jurisdiction. And then let the, let these niggas take you off of your square. Don't let these people take you off your square. You got to stand on that motherfucker. And don't push if you get pushed off. You better not budge. all detainees about their nationality, how might I know that someone is a foreign national? Like, these are the questions that they, like, that typically uh, police officers would ask, right? And so they put these in the form of questions. for police officers, when they're dealing with nationals, have you ever seen a, a, a manual, right, that was done by the government, the federal government? This says, hey, this is how you deal with your citizens. Why don't they put a manual up for that? It's probably like one page. U.S. citizen, kick ass. That's what it's like. U.S. citizen, kick their ass. Put the U.S. citizen. They just kick your ass. Right? Um, and you know, one of the interesting things in this book, it was a book by Napoleon Hill, right? And it, no, it wasn't Thinking Grow Rich, but it was it was a book that he wrote, and he was talking to Andrew Carnegie. One of the things he said in that book was that when you get money, you're not supposed to speak against the government. If you are in a system. That is so corrupt that it will eat its own, you must say something. Not only will everybody that you know get swallowed up, but eventually you will too. All detainees about their nationality. How might I know that someone is a foreign national? A, if you do not routinely ask each person that you arrest whether he or she is a U.S. citizen, you will need to develop other procedures for determining whether you have arrested or detained a foreign national and for complying with consular notification requirements. A driver's license issued in the United States will not normally provide information sufficient to indicate whether the license holder is a U.S. citizen. And nor does the fact that a person has a social security number 
indicate that that person is necessarily a U.S. citizen. So wait a minute. Having a social security number don't make you a U.S. citizen. Having a driver's license don't make you a U.S. citizen. But your acquiescence, right, and your agreement to be that makes you a U.S. citizen. You can have a driver's license and still claim to not be a U.S. citizen. But if you, let's so let's, let's just say that you're in Kentucky and you got a Kentucky driver's license, and then you get pulled over and you give them a Kentucky driver's license, and you say, I'm not a U.S. citizen, they're going to say, no, nigga, you are a U.S. citizen because you just handed us a U.S. driver's license that is in one of our states of, the state of Kentucky. The, now, Kentucky State, Kentucky State, those, those are national. But people who live in the state of Kentucky, those are your citizens. Those are the people who drive around with the driver's licenses. Those are the people who they're not making manual sports. It's about those people. Unfortunately, people still, so you know, quote-unquote African-Americans, whatever you want to call them, this is the reason why there's no justice now. When, when, when a cop, you can hand a cop a driver's license, give him everything, and he'll still shoot you dead. He did was run the plate, right? There wasn't no injunction in or none of that. What was the injunction? Say, well, what's an injunction? Why y'all do injunctions? And what does that have to do with traveling? If citizen, you could be protected with an injunction because an injunction is your equitable remedy. That's what stops them from doing what they could have done to you before and every other time that they did it to you. Okay? I'm giving you tickets. They don't have no problem pulling you out the car. They don't have no problem beating your ass. They don't have no problem doing these things. I know this. He's fat. Like they say, he's fat. We'll go back to this because I think this is so crucial for us. Really, really have to begin to start looking at our own nationality, man. These people are not playing with you on a large international scale. These people are not playing. We still dealing with simple shit like driver's license. This. I mean, we got we got we got niggas that are getting killed for playing loud music. Licenses. This should be easy. Everybody needs their shit in the trust. Because when you when you're a national, they got protocol they gotta follow. Hey, wait a minute, I'm not a U.S. citizen. My my shit's not in your jurisdiction. I can tell y'all straight up, man, the difference. You get no ticket, even if you're a national. But they'll still try to give you a ticket like they did me. First thing Monday, I'm going to put my shit right into the truck. 
joints out here that are trusted up, but as soon as I'm moving around, operating in their jurisdiction with one of their particular, uh, what do you call them, instruments, right? There's even a license plate is an instrument. If the license plate's not registered under the trust and it's registered under you or it's registered under anybody else's name, which in this case, it wasn't registered under my name. It actually happened to be registered under one of my ex's names. <laughs> Everything. Because having a driver's license is just, you know, that, that that's just one part of how they get you. Security number. And a driver's license don't make you a U.S. citizen. You know, they present as identification, a foreign passport, identity, uh, identity, identity card issued by his government, right? So you can present your passport, or you can present the passport card. This is why I need to get that passport done with us. Article where the passport fees is going up. Posted it on Facebook. They going up this year. They ready to get this shit done. Why y'all think they? Why? Why do y'all think that they going up on the fees? Being able to access this shit. Let's raise the fees a little bit. Let's take it out of reach of some more niggas. We we can't have all these niggas coming out of this system right now. That's what they're saying. Anytime that you have this driver's license, you must know that a foreign national can present anything other than a damn driver's license. And if you do so happen to present it, it's okay. Presenting the case that the birth is outside the United States or claims to have been born outside the United States, he or she may be a foreign national. Now, I want y'all to think about this real closely when I tie this in for you on this next sentence. But not all persons born in the United States are U.S. citizens. Born on the outside of the United States are U.S. citizens. But a person born outside of the United States whose mother or father is a U.S. A US citizen may be a U.S. citizen. As will a person born outside of the United States who has become naturalized as a U.S. citizen. So I want y'all to get this, that people who are stateless this, let's go back to the definition. International law, stateless is a person who is not considered as a national. Some stateless people are refugees. Not all refugees are stateless, and many people who are stateless have never crossed international borders. Some stateless people, so, wait a minute, I could be inside of a border, and, I mean, some people inside this border, 
are nationals and some of them are citizens. And if you're a citizen, that, may, that basically means that you're a refugee, right? Because a refugee, generally speaking, is a displaced person who's been forced to cross national boundaries who can't return home safely, right? So that means that you're what they call an asylum seeker. Then they give you naturalization status and make you a fucking citizen. Damn. So if you're going to be a refugee, right? And somebody who is a national, because that's somebody who's not stateless, because they just told you that not all persons born in the United States are U.S. citizens. But not all. What did they try to tell them? Within the boundaries, most but not all people are stateless. Some of them are nationals and some of them are citizens. They're telling you right and all in their manual. Because I think this is interesting. What about dual nationals? So, if a person that has more than one nationality, right, the appropriate consular notification procedures will depend first on whether one of the person's countries of nationality is in the United States. A person who is a U.S. citizen and national may be treated exclusively as a U.S. citizen when in the United States. So, in other words, consular notification is not required. If the detainee has a U.S. citizenship, regardless of whether he or she has another country's citizenship or nationality, this is true even if this is true even if the detainee's other country of citizenship it has mandatory notification. So, in other words, if you've been naturalized as a United States citizen and they brought you into the jurisdiction thereof, but you're a national too. So, so you, you know, you you on the fence, right? One day you want to be a national and be private. Next day you want to be a citizen and use the social. They're gonna come for you. Oh, if you're from Jamaica or one of the Caribbean islands, and you come over and you think that, you know, you want to be uh, a Jamaican Moorish national one day. But then you want to be a U.S. citizen the next. Or you have the status of both. They're coming for you. Options. As long as you have that U.S. citizen title there, they can take jurisdiction thereof of your body. Who is a U.S. citizen and a national of another country may be treated exclusively as a U.S. citizen. As a matter of discretion, however, the Department of State suggests that, when possible, you permit a visit from the consular officers of the detainees of the country of nationality. On occasion, moreover, the Department may allow uh, you a consular visit in the case where the consular permits U.S. consular officers. A person who is not a U.S. citizen but who is a citizen or a national, okay, should be treated in accordance with the rules applicable to each of those countries. Therefore, 
the consular officers of both countries will need to be notified if the foreign national so requests. Some is mandatory notification country. It's notification officers or if it's consular officers will need to be notified. See, there's so many rules on, on nationals. Detain a national or pull, or pull a national over. They're supposed to be notifying somebody's bureau of consular affairs somewhere. Somebody's supposed to be notified. Hey, this is what happened. You got one of your nationals. Or, like they do us, they just let your ass go. We don't want to deal with this. This is a problem, guys. Or they write your fake picture and then let you go. Driving and traveling have two very different meanings. When you're traveling, you're traveling unencumbered under the Constitution, under the supreme laws of the land, given constitutionally protected rights, right? But when you, well, when you're driving, so when you're traveling, you're up under all of that. But when you're driving, for authority, you're under uh, promulgated special law. You are under legislative authority. So, with that being said, you must decide which jurisdiction you want to travel under. Because you will be affected thereby. That's the truth. They got no problem pulling your ass off. If they got that little um, army buzz haircut, nigga, you better watch out. They might not be in the mood to hear your more shit that day. Don't you need? You better have a private ID, or you better have the passport with the injunction and the private ID in the car and the trust. All of these things have to happen. That being said, we at the hour. I'm gonna take some calls. We got a lot of people on the call line. You want to holler at me? The call line is wide open. Three four seven nine eight nine zero one nine four. I gotta tell y'all, I'm not too impressed with these numbers tonight. People out there, y'all need to tell some of these niggas calling because this information is valuable. Nigga, valuable. <laughs> All right, yo, we're gonna be right back. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna open these call lines up, and I'm gonna see what's going on out there with y'all, man. You're listening to your boy Joey Bounce L Bay right here on the New Evolution Radio Network. Make go to makemorecommerce.com. Yo, I had a lot of people. I had a whole lot of people that put in orders in the last few days. So um, we still fill the orders. So if you haven't gotten your order yet, be patient because we're still filling orders from damn near two weeks ago. So be patient, y'all. We we getting everybody, okay? I'll be in the zone. We'll be right back. Keep it locked. We're going to go to the call lines when we come back. Peace. Is this you discussing Indian blood? We're going to judge people by whether they have Indian blood, whether they're qualified to run a gaming casino or not? Uh, I, that probably is me, absolutely. Because I'll tell you what, if you look, if you look at some of the reservations that you've approved, you, sir, in your great wisdom have approved, 
I will tell you right now, uh, they don't look like Indians to me, and they don't look like the Indians. Now, maybe we say politically correct or not politically correct. They don't look like Indians to me, and they don't look like Indians to Indians. And a lot of people are laughing at it, and you're telling how tough it is, how rough it is to get approved. Well, you go up to Connecticut, and you look. Now, they don't look like Indians to me, sir. Thank God that's not the test of whether or not people have rights in this country or not, whether or not they pass your look test. Depends whether, yeah, depends whether or not you're approving it, sir. No, no, it's not a question whether I'm approving it. It's not a question whether I'm approving it. Mr. Trump, you know, you know, in the history of this country where we've heard this discussion before, they don't look Jewish to me. Oh, really? They don't look well, Indian to me. They don't look Italian to me. Mm -hmm. And that was a test for whether people could go into business or not go into business, whether they could get a bank loan. You're too black. You're not black enough. I want to find out. You, a, well, then why are you you're approving a, for Indian? Why don't you approve it for everybody then? That's not a, if your case is non-discriminatory, why don't you approve for everybody? You're saying well, you only Indians. Wait a minute, sir. You're saying minutes? only Indians can have the reservations. Only Indians can have the gaming. So why aren't you approving it for everybody? Why are you being discriminatory? Why is it that the Indians don't pay tax? But everybody else does. I do. Hey, love, what's good? Shit, now I'm hopping on 71 right now. Man, it's your way. Shit, get your ass up and get ready. And leave that motherfucking purse at home. You hear me, Bobby? Boston. Bitch, I got money. Plus that pussy good, what you wasting all that on them lanes for? Huh? Can you keep a secret? Can you keep us on the low? Can you, can you keep my teeth silent like Django? Yeah. Slim waist, ass poking. Got my hand on your thigh, cruising streets while we smoking. I ain't never said I love you, but what's understood ain't gotta be said. And when I lick that pussy, that's the only time that you said a real N-I-G-G-A. Yeah. So we gon' fuck good and smoke Keisha all day. Baby, you gon' call in the work and take a sick day. And let me eat that pussy up like a mix play. Do you hear me, baby? Yeah. How I feel to fuck a real nigga. Nigga, nigga. Anything he said he did, nigga. Really bad, it's real, nigga. Okay. Cognac is what we sipping on. Kush is what we smoking on. Girl, leave that purse at home. Bitch, I got money. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know that. So, uh, Girl, you know that. Bitch, I got it. Turn up. Turn up. Turn up. Uh, yeah. We can yeah. be friends. Yeah. On the weekend. Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Stay up if you wanna. me now, it's easy, would you love me if I was down, and out, girl, if that money stopped coming in, or if I had to do a big girl, I'm fucking with you, let me know it's mutual, a cold-hearted hustler from a city where they shoot you, but in my eyes, girl, you a blessing, can't you see I want you, you falling for me, let me catch you, can't you see I got you, yeah, girl, that's enough for all that mushy shit, let's fill these cups back up, then get his cushion hit, and girl, them leggings are a motherfucker, got me daydreaming about hitting you front of back. While telling you don't run from it. Don't run I'll from do whatever it. is needed. I'll put this song 
hug on it, kiss and rub on it, and lick you until you come from it. Yeah. And baby, after you come, let's hit the mob. And I don't give a fuck, let's buy it all, cuz. Bitch, I got money. Radio Network, where the evolution is the revolution. You're listening to the New Evolution Radio Network. Visit JonahBay.com for more remedies. You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L., where remedy meets preparation. Hey, people of the guys, welcome back to the show. Let's go to the car line. Tonight we're talking about driving as a citizen versus traveling as a national. Let's go. Let's talk about it. 503-890. You're the bottom line. What's happening? Hey, peace to the gods. Joe. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Joy? Hey, peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Please. Peace to the gods. Can you hear me? Peace to the gods. Hello? I hear you fine, bro. I can hear you. What's going on? Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, man, I'm glad you're on this topic today. I was just working on this uh, topic myself for this weekend because uh, I've gotten myself confused. So, and I'd like uh, you to give me clarity. So let me try to get this straight. If if my car is not in a uh, is not in a uh, truck, and I'm using a driver's license, and I have an injunction, and get a ticket, how does an officer, or how do I claim that I'm using my right to travel, and I'm not driving for commerce? Because they don't seem to distinguish the difference. They just give you a ticket anyway. So, so don't I have like unalienable rights? The Constitution says, but if I'm in a jurisdiction, do I not have that? Can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you now. It wasn't coming. All right, I think my sorry, I think my headphones are jacked up. So, um, essentially, man, anytime that you get pulled over, right? And you have mm-hmm. a driver's license, you have um, tags that are in that jurisdiction, you're in that jurisdiction mm-hmm. just by having those instruments automatically, right? So they have a right to give you a ticket. Because you have to remember what's happening is that this is a trust that they have set up, right? And any trust, any good trust, will have trust protectors, right? Now let me just pull this up right quick. Okay, just a second. Now, um, here we go. A trust protector. A trust protector is a person or a group of people 
not not the settler, not the beneficiary, not the trustee. Okay, it's a person or a group of people who are appointed to exercise one or more powers affecting a trust and the interest of the beneficiary. The concept of a trust protector is to protect the beneficiary from a rogue trust. So when you signed up for the driver's license and to have your vehicle registered into their trust, you agreed to follow the rules of the trust. Unknowingly, because you didn't know it was a trust, right? But the rules of the trust, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck they say. Mm-hmm. They say you can't make a left turn, nigga. Don't make you can't make a left turn. They go straight, mm-hmm. right? So what happens is, is that when you get out here and you violate the trust, the police are the are the trust protectors. They're pulling you over to protect to protect the indenture. So you to uh, to ask to to answer your question. If you are a 14th Amendment citizen and you have a driver's license, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you are. But let's say you're a national. Right. You say, man, I'm a national, man. I ain't, I ain't this, right? And your injunction is all mm-hmm. you got. Well, guess what? You got to go to fight that. The court. That's what mm-hmm. your fight's going to be. Because here's the, here's, the, here's the deal, right? I don't know if you was wrong when I was telling the story, but. The fact that they still gave me a ticket, but they gave me a ticket that was bogus. Right. Wrong height, wrong weight, wrong name, wrong right. address. But it had my driver's <laughs> license, uh, excuse me, my uh, license plate on there. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I didn't present mm-hmm. no, no license. I didn't even give my IDP or a foreign ID. I gave him a passport. Right. That's the document. So yeah, I mean, if 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 you want to really like you know test this theory out, just don't register that car. Drive around for a while without registering that car, and then let them pull you over and tell them tell them you're not a U.S. citizen. See what happens. Mm-hmm. What you think mm-hmm. will happen? I mean, they're gonna give you a ticket anyway for not for not having. They goddamn right they will. You goddamn right they will. So you want to have it in the trust. Now here's the benefit of having it into a trust. When you put it in the trust, it's not in your name. So who's mm-hmm. the dickie going to go to? Well, not in the jurisdiction, so I don't know. Exactly. You're not in their jurisdiction. They can't give a ticket to a trust. Right. Looks like oh, closed. So Oh, that brings me to another question I want to ask you along those lines. So suppose you have your car in a trust. But then you still rolling with the driver's license. Well, I don't know why anybody would do that. Well, well, well because that. I'm talking about. But if you still doing because that, I'm talking about you presented. Go ahead. Uh, because I'm talking about someone who who really don't know much about this, but they're going to put their car in the trust, but they don't know about the, you know, the jurisdiction things. They're brand new, so that's well, why I was the, well, the, the, the reality of position. it is, is that. Well, yeah, the reality of it is that, yes, the, the car may be in the trust. Well, we got to think about it. Just because the car is in the trust don't mean that you're protected now. Okay. Right. You do an injunction. Right. Right? But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they still won't ticket you because you're still presenting something that they, that they consider to be an instrument of their instrumentality. So it's like if I gave you the privilege to move about um, on my block 
and I gave you a license to do it, I can tell you what part of the block you can go to. I can tell right, you what time right. to come on the block. I can tell you, nigga, you can't park on this side of the block. You need to park on that side. I own this. You agree to right. do whatever I I said was the rule. And that's but, how okay, look, like me, it works in so many aspects. But, 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 but what about the, the uh, Constitution, though? I'm also claiming my uh, unalienable rights. Too at the same yeah, time, but but a, they're honoring a, their, US, they're honoring their trust. Citizen, as a U.S. citizen, you're under the 14th uh-huh. Amendment. You have privileges. You're, you're you're under statutory authority. You don't have constitutionally protected rights. Uh, you, you gave shit. those up for privileges. You gave those up for privileges. When you decided to get a driver's license, you for you for gold or for went whatever however the word is. You you gave it yeah. and you said I want y'all privileges because I don't really want my rights. I want some privileges instead. <laughs> I mean, this is really what it is. This is how simple it is. It's like the difference between keeping what God gave you and then giving that up for for something that a man has. Right. You know. Right. Man says you need a license to move around. God says move around free. Right, that's that's like how simple mm-hmm. it really is in so many aspects. And when we start talking about the Constitution, you can never bring up the Constitution in court, in traffic court. Yeah, you well, know what? That, don't recognize that. Here. Yeah, that's what they're doing. You know why? But they're they're that's what exactly what they're doing. They reset the case. He said, "I'm gonna let you get your strategy together." And I'm, I'm reset it for you for in, for two months, and then come back and decide how you want to uh, argue yeah. your points. Because that's that's not the court to argue that. You never argue constitution in a court that's not a constitutionally court. No. What is it like a constitution, it, it a act con- like it's administrative? Constitutional court. Huh? Uh, okay. Okay. You gotta so remove you gotta you gotta do a you gotta do a notice of removal and you gotta remove that case to the proper jurisdiction. And if you have an article three court constitutional you got to put a copy of the Constitution on the record. You got to do a notice of removal. You got to remove the case to the proper jurisdiction. Okay. Is that right. that's, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's not because, yeah, you, what, you, what you just said is exactly what they're doing. And the judge was cool. He was real friendly. He let me record and everything on my phone. He said, I don't have yeah, to record, but nice. I'm going to let you do it. He, yeah, yeah. And I told him, you know, what, what I was doing, and he was cool. Mm-hmm. Now the thing about it is that's not the court to argue that in because because you'll lose and then and he'll he'll be as nice as 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 a Sunday morning and then yep you'll still lose and then you'll have to appeal it and if you appeal it you'll have to appeal it with everything that you put in on the record so you what you need to do is you enter all of your evidence in on the record constitution mm-hmm. and all of that five point one yep, that's all and there. then you do a yep, notice of removal. Then you do a notice of so I can do that now. Yeah, so I can do that now it. before the court. I can do that now before the next court date, then, right? Yeah, yep. And then you would just remove it to a higher court. Okay, yeah, that's not the deal because you're absolutely you to, right. You have to remove it to a court that can hear the Constitution. They don't hear Constitution in that court. It's not. That's not their time. Okay. You know, All that's right. like a nigga coming to talk to you about. Uh, about borrowing money when he owe you money. You don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? 
you know what you always <laughs> right. don't talk about that. Yeah, right. They don't want to. They don't want to talk about that. And you got to remember that they are bank. They are a bank. Right. Their whole goal is to right. is to, is to collect money. Yeah, they're doing a good job of that. You know, they they <laughs> they're in business to yep. collect money from taxpayers. Well, I need They're I need to uh, have that business. Trust. I need that business. What I'm saying it's a trust. Yeah, man. Look, look. This this is a trust. How does the trust make money, man? Trust got to make money some kind of way. <laughs> Not trust on me, business. but yeah, I hear Let's you. Send our trust protect. We're gonna send the trust protectors out to make sure that the trust don't get uh don't don't get messed up and go rogue. And we're gonna make sure that everybody who violates the trust pays their fine. And then we're gonna have mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a boardroom session that we call court, and make these niggas mm-hmm. come in and pay the fine. Just put them in jail and put a bomb in their head, and still make them pay the fine. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's true. This is the system, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah you're right, man. They, whew, this is no joke. Let's tell you that, man. These people don't play. I appreciate you calling. All right, well, that's, that's yeah. Thank you. And one uh, one quick question, man. What was that cut you was playing on the break, man? Some uh, uh, I got money. I'm an Indian. Who who was that? Donald Trump. Who? That was Donald Trump. That's a rap artist, Donald Trump. What was it? Was it a song? Yeah, a song. Was yeah, it a, a song. Oh, no, no, I got not a clip, song. a song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the song, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, uh, that's a rapper I'll, I'll be uh, working with. His name is Young Boss. Young Boss? Where he from? Kansas City. Just go to YouTube, type oh. in Young Boss KC. Oh, Will, that was a cut, man. That's kind of you roll back and lean your seat back. That's that's a cut right there. I like that. That song is, yeah, that song called, uh, it's called Bitch, I Got Money, I think it's called. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Joey. Uh, peace to you and peace right, to the dogs. Peace to you, God. Peace. All right. Let's go to eight one three seven two zero. Peace to the God. Peace to the God. Joey, how you doing, bro? Good. Good. How you? All right. Trying to get some uh, clarity on this. All right. Just what I need to put a couple questions about trust and doing the car trust, right? I want to know, do my trustee got to have a license to go place the insurance on the car? Yes. Because how else you going to get the insurance? Oh, so you got to have a driver's license. Unless you know another way to get insurance, unless you create your own bond, you need you need driver's license. Oh, shit. Yo, I got to get off. Can she do it with the, uh, the IDP? No, nope. they're not gonna give her insurance in that. Cause you gotta you have it. You know what? Though you trying to get the insurance so you can register your tags and shit, right? Mhm. You know, sometimes there's some people in the hood that know how to, you know, you know, do a couple things. Yeah, I'm gonna have to ask him. The dude, he worked at the. Catch, you catching my, you catching my drift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that, got that, got that. I'm working it out. You see what I can do? Cause I got everything right. set up. I just 
going to send her to um, go ahead register insurance and get the tag like tomorrow. Yeah, a lot of times, a lot of times you just need to show uh, a policy card. You know, it's, it's niggas that know how to finagle some things. So they out here. Oh yeah, another thing. Listen, my how do the RSC was doing with the trustee shit and just the cricket shit going on, they already trying to be a car artist. So how do I replace the trustee? Because I already got the um CP five seventy five with the IRS with her name on it as trustee. Can I go back in the system and get another one, put somebody else as trustee like that? Yeah, you gotta do a correction on it. You just gotta go in and do a correction. Um, I'm not sure what the crap. I think it's like a C. What is that correction form? You talking about for the for the uh, nine eight number, right? No, not for the nine eight. Well, it's the. For the, the tr- I did nine eight process. I did the trust uh, fund of the trust. Yeah, but which trust is is she a trustee on? Uh, the one that's oh. uh up under the nine eight trust. You don't need to well, do all of that. You don't have to change it at the IRS. One. Create another one. Just create another one. I'll think about that, What's up, Jonathan? He don't have to do none of that, man. Make a trust Tell document. And, and to make a trust document saying that the new trustee is da, da, da. You don't have to change it at the IRS. That's stupid. Oh, okay. Just make another declaration of trust, or just do yes. a, res- a resolution of trust. Yes. And get it notarized. Yes. All right, Trustees change all the time. You think you think uh, when when the uh, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken get a new store manager, they going to get a new EIN and stuff? No, they 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 make a resolution. Fire the old one, now the new one's in. Okay, gotcha. 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 I'm going to be getting up with you in a minute, man. Probably in a week or two, I'm going to have to put in the order for the uh, the, the foreign driving license. Right, got you, got you, got you. For sure. And, and, And Joey, the dude that was the first caller, why couldn't he understand that if you got their contract, you under their contract? Good question. That's what I was saying. Like, you know, it's the interesting thing. He about wasn't it getting having, it. He wasn't well, getting well, having it. Having a driver's license and have having a driver's license and having, um, you know, your tags in their jurisdiction is a contract. Listen, the only motherfuckers that should be doing that is truck drivers, and we got a process where we can make them a national on. The driver's license. But no one else mm-hmm. should even have driver's license. Like, why the fuck you got the injunction done and you got the car in the trust, but you got a driver's license? What kind of ass nine shit is that? It, it's people out here that got that shit, though. It's stupid. I'm sorry. I got cold how I see it. Listen, man. Public and private oh, don't get that's like, that's, that's like hey, hey, but that's like putting more on the driver's license. I never agree with that, but people do it. Dog, if that's the Bible says, 
You got dual mind. Dual mind, man. You're not supposed to have dual mind. Do one or the other. Mm-hmm. Don't have one foot in and one foot out. You got to be straight on what you're doing out here, man. That's why we were talking. The driver's license. Well, the passport is, is the new is the new thing to use if you got one. You got in conjunction with that IDB or whatever. Listen, man. Even if even if you got your passport, national, non-citizen national passport, right? When I'm driving, I'm, I'm not I'm not using that. When I'm traveling, I'm not using that. I'm using my IDP and all that. Yep. Cause these dumbass cops don't know the law. I don't want to go through all that shit. When I'm traveling, and I show them my IDP with my private foreign license, I don't never get no type of ticket. With the injunction. I don't get shit. Right? Why? Because the dumbass peon has one thing in his mind. He not from America. I keep it that way. Yeah, they don't understand. They're not properly teaching these dudes. You know? Well, we got an article that that we was talking about with the governor, where the governor came forth and he um oh it's in my saying, um it's in my email I gotta look for it he 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 the governor put out a memo telling them there's people that are uh traveling correctly and don't have license and to leave them alone and these cops are still ignoring it the 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 top brass knows about it. The peon cop don't know shit. Now, tell them about the banker. He got many uh, passports. How does he travel? Um, I ain't going to talk about that on the air. It's a simple... It's, it's <laughs> just like James Bond. Basically. Like, this nigga will... It's what I teach you. It's exactly what we teach, right? Okay. When, 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 if, uh, if my, let me give, let, let me tell you about my son, London. When he goes to England from here, he leaves, he, he uses his English passport to go into England. When he comes back to America, he <laughs> I like where you're going with that. American passport to come into America. There you go. That's exactly now. What when he gets a whole that. bunch of other passports, he gonna do the same thing. That's what they do in the James Bond movies, B. Mm-hmm. Now here's the trick. Here's the trick to it. You better not go into one of the mother countries. On, on another passport, though. That's opposite of where you're going. Now, if you way. do it that way, no one knows where you've been 
because they don't know your visa. You don't have no visa. Right? So I'm telling y'all to do the exact opposite here in America. When you're in America, use the foreign IDs. So you're not in America's jurisdiction. When you in England, use the American IDs. So you're not in their jurisdiction. Got it? It's, a, it's really that simple. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of what these people that we deal with on the private side are, are dealing with is, is exactly what we deal with here on, on the station, right? And the principles that we've been teaching. It's the same shit. It's just on a, on a larger scale. This is how you get rich, y'all. Everyone who's rich, think like we think and do what we do. Including your damn President Trump. But y'all be surprised if we're national. Y'all want to listen to these broke motherfuckers giving y'all advice. Go ahead. Stay broke. You know, stay broke. It's a choice. Ain't nothing wrong with being broke and happy. It is a, it, it is a choice. It's a mind state. Mm-hmm. The poverty mind state. You know, we talked about that that whole Robin Gears hockey thing. I mean, that's a, you know, we talked about it's a mind state. Plus, in the mind first. Yeah, that's, if that's what makes you comfortable being broke, being liked by everyone, do it. Because you damn sure is not going to be liked by most people having money. You well, have money, the poor people yeah. don't like you. I remember when I first got all this information, you know, um, and, and I and I was, I was you know, traveling without a license and, and going through all the shit I was going through with this information. People, people thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, ultimately, it made my life better. So you yep. more money, following the remedy. I start doing the things that I need to do. Yep. Put my car in the truck. Yo, as soon as you do that, the taxes come up. Now you ain't paying. Now you're not paying taxes on your shit every every yep. what year or two, or however long you gotta do that. Yep. Yep. That's more money in your pocket. Yep. And more protection. Free with freedom comes protection. With freedom comes money. All day long. All right, let's take another call. Let's go to uh, 336 722 on the bottom line. What's going down? Peace, peace, God. Great show tonight. Peace, peace to the elder. They are elite. Peace. Man, I'm peace. I'm trying to just adjust to this new time change in the body right now. Crazy. So it hit us all crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. New yeah, Year's built, The New Year's was It was 1.59. I'm like, we got another hour. Next thing I know, last call. The last call? Yeah. It was like 3 o'clock, nigga. That whole Man, hour. It's crazy. Time change? We lost an hour. 
I yep. didn't know. I don't. I don't keep. I don't have nowhere to be. I didn't know. I, I knew I was in the club. <laughs> all hour. Wow. No. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know. I know the New Year's coming. We're doing the New Year's ritual at right after the seminar in Atlanta, 23rd of March, a couple of weeks. It's coming up. Word up. Yeah, you dropping tonight, Joey. Going in. You know, Damn, just tonight? He don't, he don't always drop? Damn. Oh, he <laughs> always drops. That's my dude, yo. Word up. That's my so, dude right there, Joey Bounce. Why not? Why not? Word. It remind it reminds me of the show you did uh, on uh, on Friday on the Evolution Friday show where you were really dropping on uh, the injunction, you know. So it seems like you're just kind of picking up from there. Well, you adding in some things regarding the you know the the IDP. You know, well, you know the whole ID. thing. Is, you know, you know the whole thing. Is, you know, don't really tell you, man. We, we really only be dealing with the shit that we dealing with in our lives. Like, you yep. know what I mean? So if I'm if I'm dealing with like I'm dealing with this subject on traveling because right. that's what I've been that's what I was dealing with this week. Right, and when I I'm think that's mom, a I'm doing business, point. I'm dealing with this. I think that's a beautiful point, you know, that, you know, when you are dealing with drive, driving, you're, you're dealing with their jurisdiction. You're dealing, you know, with special law, you know, and when you're dealing with traveling, you're, de- you're, dealing, you're dealing with natural law or constitutional law. So, well, you know. not, just, not just constitutional. See, once, once, once you've got your nationality done, you're dealing with treaties. And they're not They're supposed to uh, Never molest a more You know what I mean mm. Never fear with your Your free travel See but I gotta get everyone to the point That they become nationals And then we can enforce Treaties Alright Alright Cause I noticed when you use the word travel Like you know I've been stopped before And uh, you know Ask well, where you going You know so well, I, see, I, I that's you know, what I'm politely saying. let them know I'm traveling. I never get asked those questions when I hand them the IDP with a foreign um, license, right? The reason being because I'm under treaty law and they know it. I'm automatically right. hey. under treaty law because that's what the IDP is, treaty law with the foreign Word. license. So... That's what I'm saying. That's my preference. Trap. Okay. The okay. peons know the difference. Like when, 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 when you hand them, you're a national, but you hand them your national uh, passport, right? Right. They don't. They don't know. They still thinking the peons are still thinking jurisdiction. Jurisdiction is when he goes back. That's so crazy. He sees it. But here's the problem. He can't see what's in the federal database. Nope. He's okay. what? No, he can't. They, they, the peon cop from the state can't see what's on the federal record. 
none of his jurisdiction. That's what I told you my preference is still, even with me being with the certificate of non-citizen national, which is the national passport, I would still be using IDP. Yeah, now I just happened to right. have my passport on me. That's all I had on me that day was the passport. He wanted so to test that over. shit, y'all. Don't let this nigga Y'all know I be doing shit. <laughs> Word. <laughs> he wanted to see how it, and this is what we have to do to know the differences. We, but by his reaction, mm-hmm. man, I could tell that. I, I knew it was some shit, though, man, because, you know, Normally they don't. They come back and say, "Well, you got a license. Where's your license at?" Man, they ain't, they ain't asking none of that. That nigga was fool. Yeah. Now the problem ah. was they treated him like a patriot that had the uh, national power. You know what I mean? They tried to hide what type of mm. uh, jurisdiction he had from himself. Right, because I actually like use that word cool. travel. They try exactly. to tell us that we, you know, they try to use that as a as a code talk for calling us sovereign citizens. Real talk, right? right. You, you see what I'm saying? Yep. So, yep. I just I just prefer the old way. You know what I mean? I just yeah, prefer. Well, the, and, no, well, I want the path of least resistance. Yeah, exactly. Right. But we well, 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 when you think about it, they gave Joey a fake ass ticket. That was pretty sweet. But for the Word. stupid motherfuckers who don't know no better, they'll try to pay that fake ticket. Right. And what's worse about it, you know, that, that do do you still, do Joe, you still got to go in the court with them? Or what, what, what's the No, in the court, it doesn't have none of his, you answering to names that's not you. You're answering the people oh, that's okay. not you. Yeah, no Y'all, name on it. All right. Really it, man. The name was a little different. The age was completely different. The height oh, was completely height, different. The different the they just watched someone else. That's not you. What the fuck are you That's going crazy. to court for someone else's ticket? Right. Right. Wow. That's deep. Exactly. I can't believe they did. Well, the I guess they are still. If I was a fighter, yeah, well... Listen, they didn't even put a drop. There's no driver's license number on there. They didn't even put a passport number. You have no reason to be in court. Uh, you have and no they, reason. They fucking with a foreign trust, then. Yeah, you don't have a need to address that ticket. How are you going to address exactly. it? It's not you. Right. So they dealing with a. So they wrote a ticket to a, basically a foreign trust. Only reason why they could I don't know about all that. that. They wrote a ticket to a make believe person that the cop made up on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I don't think I'm not five foot nine. Word. He made made that shit up because he didn't have a driver's license and they called it, probably told him, don't worry about it. Just write write the seat and let him go. Mm hmm. Great. Mm hmm. He's following right. Wow. They've been told wow. to, to not let y'all know y'all have a different uh, jurisdiction. Y'all are in a different jurisdiction. They will never tell you you're right. 
Mm. You got to understand if they told you you were right and you're not in their jurisdiction, that's a lawsuit. Because the lawsuit is they pulled you over in the first place. They didn't have to admit admitting. Yeah. They don't have the right, right. to detain you. See, Correct. Now, now, what they say to now, me is be like, I'm going to give you a warning. They use that as the excuse to be able to pull you over. You know what I mean? In a perfect world, they would be training their officers on how to deal with NASA. The problem with that manual that I read tonight. The problem with that manual I read tonight. The officers would want to be a national themselves. They wouldn't have officers. That's right. The system would break down. Now, isn't that funny, though? When you read the manual, the manual reads as if the officers would ask those questions. But those officers not asking those questions because they don't even know. They don't even know. Okay, so I'm hoping that they can read $1.5 million and see me in federal court because I'm sick of them. That's just me. I Like, I, I don't know. Y'all all say shit like that. Number one, y'all don't know how to sue. Number two, if I'm suing, I'm going for all my money and my trust. I'm not going for no bullshit money. Right. So if you're going to study how to sue, study how to sue them for all the securities. But the problem is y'all want revenge. That's why y'all want to sue. Y'all really want to destroy the system. But let me ask you this. What you going to do if you did accomplish destroying the system? You think you could live out here with money and, 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 and without no cops to protect y'all? No, I wouldn't want to destroy the system. Well, suing them is. But I don't want the system destroying me. Listen, the system is giving you a way out. You just got to study to get the way out. You could do that without a lawsuit. I mean, that type of lawsuit. That type of lawsuit. Right, right. All right, Elder. We live in a feudal system. Everyone that's a 14th Amendment is under the feudal system. The feudal system is for people who don't have a land of their own. They're visitors in your land. Without this feudal system, these crackers would be buck wild. There'd be no law for them. We would have to kill them all. You got to understand why shit is in place. Word. All right. So did I hear you right, Elder, to say uh, send the injunction to the ATF as well, you know, the alcohol, tobacco, firearm people too? If you got a, a felony and they talking about you didn't have the right to motherfucking carry a gun. No, I don't. Exactly. Okay. All right. If, if All right. you don't have those issues, don't even bring it up. Word. TSA? What's your thought on that? You can do it, but why? I, as I told y'all, if y'all back in the um, archives, niggas then forgot their guns and went to the airport. The airport just held the gun. They took their flights and, and came back, two of them. Now, every celebrity that's ever done that, even cops that done that, has been arrested mm. for just bringing the gun inside the airport. Mm. 
Right, right. So my whole point is, you ain't got no felonies or nothing like that. You know, wise man speak with few words. Don't do no extra shit that you don't have to. Word. All right. I agree. I'm good. Well, I can yield the floor, man. Take the path of least resistance, man. Word. (laughs) (laughs) My man, appreciate you calling, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure. Great show. Peace, God. No doubt. Peace. Peace. I think we got time to maybe squeeze in one or two more. Let's see what we got. Uh, 714. 928. Well, the bottom line was what up? Peace to you guys. Peace. Peace to you. I'm working on the uh, car trust. Right. Okay. Yeah, I just got that from you. Yesterday went through it a couple of times. Okay. My situation is that I'm working with a car that I've had for a while. I'm not buying uh-huh. a new car. Uh huh. You own the car. Uh, um, so I'm wondering, do I need to make up a uh, like a vehicle bill of sale? Yes, you do. And sell it to my trustee. Yes, I'm that, that's exactly what you're doing. It doesn't matter if oh, you okay. just bought the car or you had it. You're selling it to your trust, which means so you gotta okay. It. So you gotta write the name on the title. You got to get a title to um, uh, DMV, and DMV comes back with the title and the trust name. You actually got to okay, so when, when you transfer You can always it, do that uh, and gift it as well. I just say sell because they know what that in details. Yeah, you know, I was, yeah, I thought about the gifting thing and I thought, nah, that's always gift. Well, the, 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 reason why, the reason why I say if you gift it though, because, because anytime you do it, sometimes they like to try to charge you a percentage of what the sale was. So when you when you I told you sell it. I never told you to sell it at book value. Uh-huh. No, exactly. I was just gonna have him you yeah, like a, uh, I was yeah, I was gonna have him just give me like a silver dollar. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Just give me an ASE, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, the, the question when you do the bill of sale, um, That's where it says I, 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 and then, and then, no, no, the trustee, but listen, the trustee okay. is the arms and the legs of this fiction new thing called the trust. So right. you sell it to the trust, and you say the trustee gave me a silver coin. For this car on the date, da da da, you sign, the trustee signs, it's done. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll put the trust name on there. That I, that's what I'm selling to. But when he, the trustee signs it, though. Of course. Yeah. And then on the, the on the, on the. You're selling it to the trust, but the trustee is the right. one that got to do everything. The reason why you right. you never want to sell it to the trustee, if you sold it to the trustee, the trustee now owns it instead of the trust. And right. trustee represents the trust. You, you always are getting yeah. rid of trust. Yeah, I was yeah. That's, that's the way I was thinking it. 
thinking it, but I was trying to think it through. Which way would I go? Okay, I got that. So I sell it to the trust, and the trustee assigns uh, the, the bill of sale. And then when the trustee takes the title to the DMV, where they fill it out, he fills out his name as trustee. And of course. Because he can't trust on there. He can't put the trust on there. So he has yes, to put all his regular stuff. Okay. Okay. No, nah, you got that he's wrong. Rep- he's representing the trust. Wait a minute. You got that I'm wrong. You got, which, you, which one? The trust is the DMV with the title. The title has the trust name on it. And they're going to ask him, who is he? And he's going to say the trustee. So he has to have the uh, certificate of trust with him to prove that he's the trustee. And that certificate of trust has to be notarized and all that. And then everything goes according to whatever the rules of the state is. You need to call the state and ask them how to register a vehicle in a trust. Oh, okay. So you don't use the back of the form where you transfer. Yes, you I, would, yeah, you I would use. Not listening. I told you you had to do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there was like a couple of talkings at the same time. I couldn't. I, I don't think I heard that then. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Tell you me must. Again. Let's 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 start with the. the the title on the back of the title. First of you all, do? you gotta stop talking while I'm talking, okay. so you can hear what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. There might be a little lag. Okay. It is a lag, but you just gotta be patient to make sure I'm not talking. Okay. Here it go. What you're gonna do is the same. This is why I said sell. The same procedure you do. To buy a car or sell a car to an individual is identical to what you're doing with the trust. Now, you're going to sign the daggone thing, the title, over to the trust, and the trust is going to be the one who's buying it. You're going to sign it as the person who's selling it to the trust. On that title... The trustee has to sign for the trust and you have to sign it as the person who sold it. Now, when you get the DMV, you're going to have to have the trust certificate. And the trust certificate is going to tell DMV the trustee is the trustee for that trust. And then after that, you have to follow the rules of your state on how to register the car. Because it differs just a little in each state. That's how you're going to do it. Now, you know you just had me do a syllabus of my whole trust webinar. <laughs> and you did right a there. damn good job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's trying to butter me right up, Joey. <laughs> Are you you're still right a little slippery now? <laughs> <laughs> He trying to butter me up. Oh my God! You did a damn right. good job. It was, it was, it was well explained, though. That's it. Now, it now, bad. motherfuckers don't have to go buy my trust of uh, webinar and shit. That's the bullshit. Don't say that. Uh, don't yes, say they that. You know, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Even though I win, even though I you know they can't. Uh, they can't. Um, yeah, they're gonna download it a million times now. This, this, this show right here. 
but they can't do it off of that quick synopsis. They can't. No, they they really can't because I went over that a a couple of times, and you still, when you get the paperwork in front of you, you do still have questions. So yeah, they're gonna need. And and most of all, webinar. Most most of all, you start doubting if you're understanding it correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you get the paper in front of you and you go, oh, well, now do I put this here or do I put yeah, this there? Yeah, yeah. Or what, what do I really put? Yeah, you know, so. And it was uh, it was just like very spiritual. When I turned on Joey, he was talking about traveling. I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Right on top. Right on top of it. And everybody uh, that's been calling has been calling about traveling. Well, that's why I said we got to go over stuff again and again for y'all because when y'all first heard it, you probably wasn't ready for it to do it. You know what I mean? Now that you're ready to do it, that's when you want to hear how to do it. You know what I mean? Right. 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 So I uh, thank you very much. Uh, I think You're I got welcome. it. I, but you if I don't, I'll download it and hear you tell it to me again. <laughs> and That's again. <laughs> about the shows. You can rewind, download, rewind, hear it, all the parts you need to hear. You know what I mean? Because, you know, if you ask me again, I get frustrated. But that's what recording is for. You can rewind that bitch a million times without anyone getting frustrated. Open over. No doubt. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you much. I you sure welcome. do appreciate it. Yeah. Give them hell. <laughs> oh, okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace. Peace. Bye-bye. All right. Um, we got a seminar coming up. Announce that right quick. Yeah, we got one the 23rd here in Atlanta, March 23rd. We're going to be going over nationality. We're going to be going over all the changes to make that shit go smoother for y'all. We're going to be going over uh, commerce. And then we're going to be doing the money ritual afterwards for the new year. All right, go to JonahBay.com if you want to get your tickets for that seminar. And then or after that, the free tickets. Yes. And more information. Go to JonahBay.com. Yeah, JonahBay.com, man. Hey, um, Jonah, what you going to be talking about at the seminar? I just said it. Oh, but, I mean, are you talking about the passport? Or are you talking about oh, the birth certificate? <laughs> I said I'm giving y'all new information how to make that shit go smoother. <laughs> I'm and you. more commerce stuff. I'm, 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 I'm probing you right now. <laughs> I see you are. And you know you, you like the way I danced across it, right? Without answering it. <laughs> Moonwalk, right? Moonwalk, yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, y'all make sure that y'all come out, though, man. Y'all don't want to miss this one. 23rd in Atlanta. Yeah, 23rd in Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. All right. With that being said, 
uh, we'll be in Houston after that. So I had to fly yeah. up to Houston yeah. soon. And uh, yeah. go to Make More Commerce. Right there in Houston. Go to MakeMoreCommerce.com to get more info on that. Yes, sir. All right, man. We out of here, man. Uh, tune in tomorrow. Wake with our set, 10 a.m. Eastern. And uh, we'll catch y'all on the flip side, man. Peace to the God. Peace to the God. Thank you for having me on as a guest. No doubt. No doubt. Peace, God. Peace. Peace.